0: Hello and welcome to Don't Spoil the Ending, this is episode 54, for the next hour and a half we'll be talking about entertainment, TV, films, general chit-chat.
1: Can we drag it out for an hour and <laughs> <laughs> like a half? It's a brave point
0: of time, on it, isn't it? Generally we go for about that long, don't we? So, We'll do introductions, I'm the host, Sam.
2: I'm Steve, back after a, a bit of a hiatus. I'm O. Hi, I'm John.
0: Welcome guys.
2: In me, O. Steve. No, no Joe,
1: f- yeah.
0: No Joe. No, no Joe, Joe this week. So I'm taking on hosting duty, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, How is everyone? How are you guys? Not too bad, yeah?
1: Yeah, all good. How are you, Steve? I'm pretty good. I believe you've been uh, up to something last week.
2: Yeah, I was in Denmark in the uh, the lovely city of Copenhagen last week. A cheeky little holiday. Tried to smash all my culture into the start of the year. Um, I kept a tally of what I managed to do, and it was... I think five museums, three palaces, and an art gallery managed to knock off the list, which was very it. nice. You very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Is there, has anyone else ever been to Copenhagen? No. Uh, I've been to Denmark, but it wasn't Copenhagen.
1: I went when I was 18, and I've got no idea now where I went.
3: That's even worse. Well, I, I don't know, know where you've
1: been. I know it was just a lads' holiday kind of thing. But did you, did you end up there? Was that not the
3: destination in mind? Was it just like a event? Oh, it kind of cool.
1: was, just like literally like, it's cheap to go to? And...
3: Denmark
0: isn't the
2: typical lads' holiday. Really. I'm sorry, it's it's really, Denmark, Denmark is not cheap to go to. I was just there. It's no.
1: really expensive. I can't believe John was doing cultural holidays when they were like in, in the nineties. Yeah. It was uh, 1998, and it, it was a lot cheaper back then. And I came back with a 48 a crate, two crates, 48 cans of. Uh, Carlsberg Elephant Lager because like we're just like oh my god they do elephant lager <laughs> so
2: it was like fifteen percent alcohol or something like that. That was my um beer. I don't think was that expensive compared to like the UK these days. I think I was paying on average maybe between six and eight quid a pint.
1: But I mean like it's five pounds a pint everywhere now in
2: England. Yeah, no, it, everywhere yeah. up here in the yeah. north, it's yeah. five oh, pound yeah, yeah, a pint. Yeah, yeah, but if you go yeah. to like London, even if you go to like some places in Manchester, yeah. you're gonna be paying more than a fiver. So yeah. Yeah. for a capital city, I don't think it was too bad. My main issue with it, it was just all Carlsberg or two, two bog, which I'm a bit of a beer snob, and they're not great pints either either of them. Yeah, you're stuck with their, uh, yeah. their own lager. Yeah, so <laughs> it was a bit with the beer, but um food wise it was it was fantastic. We went to uh quite a nice restaurant called Based, which is like frequently at the top of like um, best places to go in Denmark. Um, bon Appetit, the quite big um, magazine and YouTube yeah. channel, they really rate it. But we did a, and it's the only time I've ever got a chance to do this, we did like a tasting menu. So we just had seven courses. No idea. Well, we knew one of them was going to be a pizza because they're quite famous for pizza. and um, But we had no idea what the rest was going to be. It was just like, yeah, sure. The, I think the only stipulation was like, don't really like mushrooms because we not have anything with mushrooms in it. And you I don't, you don't else, like mushrooms. Don't like mushrooms. Fungus, and then, mate. And then they're wrong. like three <laughs> courses have gone.
1: How are we all just finding this out He doesn't like mushrooms? Like. I
2: don't know. I, I, not, I, I thought, a lot of people
3: don't like it. It's not I, like don't, a, I don't really like mushrooms. You don't like mushrooms? Not really. It's it's a fungus.
1: Yeah, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just shocked. Literal
2: rot. It's rubbery and just a weird texture. I think, <laughs> right for me, it is a texture thing. because yeah. I quite like food as well. I'm like I like try and wear stuff. I do get disappointed in myself not liking mushrooms, because you are like wild mushrooms and like mm. forest stuff. It's like, oh, you're so cool. Yeah. But I just know it'll just taste like slightly damp <laughs> tires or something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we ate uh, in this really nice restaurant, and all the food was amazing. They literally have a cheese room upstairs, so all the cheese we ate was made there on the premises. <laughs> that sounds good. The uh, pizza is all just in a wood-fired, 450 degree oven, made fresh there. But all the bread we ate was from the very it nice. was mad. It was it was so good. But it's the only time I've ever had to, a chance to do like a tasting menu. Uh, and I know mean, for it being in Denmark, it wasn't too expensive. We spent it for a fair bit, like, but, yeah, but to be expensive. wasn't too, wasn't too bad. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. But Copenhagen. It was a lovely city. He's got a metro system, but it's a weird one where there's only like four lines. So it's a bit. It's not like London or Paris or New York. We can get anywhere. <clears throat> You're a bit um, limited where you can go. Yeah. But it's it's a relatively small city as well. So I think the longest walk we did was like a half an hour walk. And it was almost from like one suburb that we went to eat in back into the city centre. Very nice. What was
1: the most cultural thing you did while you were there?
2: The most cultural thing, we, well, we went to see the little mermaid statue. So that was pretty. Oh, sure, she was having a jet wash as well because someone vandalized her, <laughs> which, uh, which was nice, you know. She's been out the water too yeah. long, she needs to get so, back she's in. Getting a good old clean. Yeah. Um, well, we did a uh, we hit like quite a few museums and we did uh, we went to a couple of the palaces because there's four or five just in the middle of Copenhagen. Um, the only thing we didn't really get to do that we would have loved to do is um, they've got the free town of Christiana there. Which is like a, a bit, it started out as a hippie commune and it's just, it's technically an independent state in the middle of Copenhagen. Um, but we just didn't get time to fit everything in. We were only there for two full days. We only right. went for three yeah. nights.
3: I seen an actual program about that. It was a food uh, food program and basically they'd gone to that commune just to test their food to see what it was like there. And it was like another world. It was like going to some sort of like Woodstock. But like, you know, people were just like, in and out of each other's houses and there's no sort of like, there's, I don't know, it was, it was dead strange. It was like going back in time when people used to say, oh, we never used to lock our doors. Back in the day, you used to walk in each other's houses. That's what that place was like. Yeah. And all the food, it was just shared. It was like communal. If you went into someone's house and they were cooking and you knew them, it's just like sit down and eat. I, I think was, I like that side of it. It's coming yeah, to my
1: house and what Yeah, I no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the idea
2: <laughs> Well I think there is still just like a big central canteen and it's just donation based so you can give what you can. But it was it used to be a military base that was abandoned and the hippies just moved in and took oh, over. Right. Yeah, we went to the museum of Copenhagen itself and we had a room that was just showing short films and there was a lot of them about Chris uh, Christiana, because there was a couple of other communes beforehand. Um we did the Danish position. Like,
1: it sounds like the, the Seattle of like Denmark or something, you know, like that.
2: That's our sort of hipster vibe. Yeah, it, Seattle's yeah. got yeah. a bit of. I mean, this there. is like pre pre hipster because yeah. we're talking of sort of like it got started in the 70s, so it's like full on traditional hippies, really. So, are copying Copenhagen, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, America just copies Europe, doesn't it? Because it wants to be us, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> apart from the sports, but. Well, no, that's true. They yeah, just, yeah. well, they
0: missed on the sort of game and made it into something else. <laughs> <No. thing. laughs> As everyone else, so there everyone, there? I think this episode is going to be quite uh, AI-themed with the yeah. uh, the film that's coming up. Has anyone yeah. seen anything about the AI in ChatGPT or used ChatGPT at all?
1: I've not seen much about that, but uh, is it Mid-Journey, it's called? I'm not sure about. It. Is that I got that name completely wrong? Mid if you
3: just randomly <laughs> drop the name,
1: AI-generated you? art.
0: Yeah, there's a few of those about. I can't remember the names of them, but there's quite a
1: few. I know more about Midjourney in terms of the AI chat, yeah? yeah. but yeah, seen a lot of the uh, the, the AI-generated art Mid Midjourney, and that's yeah. quite impressive.
0: The AI <clears throat> image image creation has been pretty good, and that's been around for a few months. But ChatGPT was like the new new. Not new kid on the block, but sort of like it just exploded when um, that was released. Um, and it's just going to be huge. So how worried is everyone that it's, it's going to take your jobs?
2: Well, it's, it's, not, it's not AI though, is it?
0: It It is and it isn't. It's sort of kind of like, I think just, it is called just, AI. But
2: well, it's just pattern recognition software, yeah. isn't it? It's not actual truly thinking for itself. So, I, so I we're all right for now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
0: apparently like i don't really know that much about it but i've used it and it's fucking cool yeah but apparently it pretty much just tries to predict what the next word will be and what like to make you happy in like whatever request you're asking it so it's like but it it is seriously cool when you ask it something and it gives a really human response it's but it's quite terrifying as well but like the range that it gives and how in depth the information it can give back is really good
1: I've like seen a lot of the, uh, the mid-journey stuff, which is like the AI-generated generate, art. Like People put into the mid-journey thing like uh, Cross Lord of the Rings with Mad Max. And some of the stuff it creates is just like, I yeah. want to see that film out. It's yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But like like Steve was saying, I don't know if it's genuinely AI or it's just literally got so much data in there that it knows what to, to merge together from like these hundreds of thousands of films to make this look like a, a real film. Like uh, yeah. concept art or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like yeah, yeah. It's well, like, it I looks amazing, but
2: <laughs> with AI generated art, what I always think of is: well, you look at the internet and you see all these shared pictures, and they look great, and stuff like that. It's like, all right, but that's just they're cherry picking the good ones. Like there's, there's way more out there that are just dreadful and don't yeah. don't work. The yeah. pictures are wrong, stuff doesn't look right. And you are literally just seeing the best versions. Just you know, on that,
1: like there was a big issue a while ago where like AI-generated photos were being... People were saying, like, none of these people exist in the photo. And it all looks great until you see the hands, and there's, like, 24 <laughs> fingers on the hand. You don't have 24 fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but even, like, last night, I saw somebody share something. And it was, like, a, a technology company were hiring out AI actors. They were like, these people yeah. do not exist you can hire them now, go here. Yeah. And like somebody put a comment saying like, show me the hands. It's like, cause the hands <laughs> not the it's like, I'm not going to hire them until I see the hands. Like, um. <laughs> it just,
0: every week seems to be something new. Like AI can like mimic voices now. So if you give it enough of our podcast, our podcast will be AI in the future. Because it'll be able to do all our voices.
2: I might get We so, yeah. <laughs> can do it from home. We won't even have to be. Here. That's when we'll get big. When I...
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. AI episodes go out. <laughs> yeah.
0: I do think it's cool for now. I think like AI image generation, like people can put ideas into it and get like stuff out that can give them ideas. And I think like in that way, that is pretty good. And uh, AI can code for you. Like you can sort of like it was definitely clickbait because. But it, it was on YouTube, and it was uh, she like did day trading on stocks. Now the clickbait was uh, like AI comes up with hundred thousand pounds like profit making strategy. It didn't. She gave it some strategy, and it yeah. wrote the code for her. But I still thought that was like really impressive and like a really cool concept that you can get this thing to write the code for you if you have no knowledge of like coding, but you have the knowledge of something else that you want it to do. Yeah. So it's, it's just a helper, really, but its uh, I reckon it's dead interesting what you could do with
3: AI in the future. I bet you the Winklevoss twins are gutted that this existed <laughs> now or not back before Facebook, yeah. where they needed a sort of a coder yeah. to do what their idea yeah, was. Yeah, of course. So yeah, they could have just fed in they Facebook fed in what into their
1: the AI coder. no, uh, no Zuckerberg, and yeah. be a, the Winklevoss would now be the Facebook people. Yeah.
3: Be, Winkleface, yeah, be winkle like face and we'd be like using it <laughs> <laughs>
0: i think they've done pretty well for themselves anyway, so. oh yeah they, got paid,
3: they paid off an idea yeah i'd love to be paid off 60 odd million dollars for an idea
1: <laughs> is that all they got million. yeah but back oh no, is that all they, got? <laughs> they did <laughs> Not nothing and oh, they
3: were then. also they from right. a privileged no, well, background anyway so yeah, but because, more
2: than 60 dollars is just greed you don't need more than 60 million dollars it'd be nice to have it <laughs> I think
3: for them it was the recognition of the creation being theirs and coming into fruition they were a powerful people anyway yeah It's more like an ego thing for yeah them. they were sporty, very yeah. egotistical and still out of the day it's just that they believe that's their concept their idea and well it was yeah it, 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 it was <laughs> it, but
1: yeah it literally was
3: it, 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 everyone can have an idea but until it's put into practice yeah. was their idea going to pan out like the way the one the way Facebook did under Mark Zuckerberg yeah, probably not. Yeah, I
0: know what you mean. Thing is, with that money, they had to split it two ways, didn't they? So,
3: exactly this morning, yep. yeah,
0: it's really no, no, yeah, no, 30 million is not, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, I'll back down, <laughs> yeah, get more.
3: Yeah,
0: um, watched Social Network the other day, oh, yeah, really good. I've seen it quite a yeah. lot. How many takes <clears throat> before you finished it? Was uh, it just one, uh, one I think sitting? I've never watched it all in one sitting this time. Oh, well, that's, that's good, imp- that. it's over yeah, two Yeah, it's two so, so, hours.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> impressive. Voice. I've never watched it. You've never watched The Social Network. Neither no, has Joe. And Joe's, yeah. But Joe says
2: he's always going to watch it. But I you need like to watch Joe it. Joe not watching it is more surprising than me not
1: watching <laughs> it. I, I love The Social Network. I think yeah. the more I watch it, the more it's creeping up in my all-time top ten kind of thing. Like the, like the direction in it is amazing. Uh, what, what do you think? As a whole,
0: just like the way it like flips around on <clears throat> where it is in the storyline, I think that's it. Does that really well? It it's not jarring in the way it does that
1: yeah <clears throat> the current timeline in the film is the uh the courtroom yeah it's not really courtroom is it's like a, an office where they're having like the hearing kind of yeah. thing but they keep on cutting back to uh incidents that they're discussing in the in the hearing kind of yeah. thing but i think uh andrew garfield in that film as it, is it edward Sa- eduardo sanchez is called the actual guy S- eduardo yeah it, he's yeah. like the, <clears throat> the
3: original partner isn't
1: he yeah of but he got a massive payout in real life didn't he as yeah. well like uh I think his performance in that film is amazing. Like the final speech he has at the end, when Timberlake's there as well, and uh, Garfield just buries both of them kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's so like, you're like yes, fucking get it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's so good.
0: Yeah. Talking of films, anyone uh, got films or TV or games that they want to talk about?
1: Yeah, yeah. we have. We have actually. Yeah, I yeah. can jump in. Can I just go for a tangent first, then, if that's okay? Steve mentioned before the pod, the first time you you two guys, I'm pointing course, at uh, yeah. Steve and John. Yeah. I was thinking that, you can't <laughs> point. Audio medium, mate. The first time you guys have done a pod together. Yeah. It is, yeah. So it's uh, finally time I can address this. Uh, we've all, I think we've made public knowledge, we all used to work together years ago. There was a massive incident at work one time when someone graffitied your soy milk, Jono. So, that, well, that was you. Well, no, no, but this is what I'm getting to. <laughs> You're to
2: blame me. Is that where this is going? I'm not going to throw you under the bus, <laughs> I feel like Jono clearly knows that that wasn't me because I'm a fellow lactose intolerant I person. I know it was John because
3: he had the pen on his hand after he broke it because the bottle was still wet. It came Sorry, off.
1: just for the listeners, John's pointing at me. <laughs> He's just giving away his motive right there. Uh, but yeah is this like a Scooby-Doo thing Like, I'm sorry the,
2: what was the motive that well, I
1: gave away I didn't want to mention this while we all worked together because it would have been too uncomfortable but it was Steve who defeated your milk back at GB
2: again no you said I gave away a motive but you've not, <laughs> you've not explained yourself John Steve
1: got... thought it was the only lactose intolerant person at GB then oh. he found out you were and he was fuming about oh, it is that really... <laughs> he was sat upstairs every day just absolutely seething going oh, no, that fucking John O'Dowd <laughs> 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 fucking Laptops are told in my arse, like. yeah. So, we uh, he deliberately uh, graffitied your cell Oh, is that what yeah, it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I still it. found you with pen on your hand,
2: <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, movies. Uh, yeah. John, is that all you do at night is just think about these elaborate schemes <laughs> to try and get rid of playing for an event that happened years in the past? It's uh, honestly, got John all will probably help. forgot about it. I know. <laughs>
1: I cannot tell a lie I'm a, I just had to be honest That's he's got right. to throw people under the bus list as well <laughs> Gil Gold's like yes. take that one off yes
3: <laughs> taken instead of a bucket list it's a, a bus list isn't it like
1: no I've got to be honest you know I just thought I'd, uh, just oh, thought I'd yeah. finally get that out there on the record on the record but yeah we movies oh, well. yeah
3: we actually me and John went to the cinema last Friday um, and we went to watch Creed or Threed if you want to Threed, call it Threed, yeah, Threed, yeah. Read so, um, (coughs) it was (laughs) yeah, (laughs) (laughs) no, it was set up really well. Um, went watching it first time. Sly Stallone wasn't involved, so obviously, there's been a bit of backlash from Sly in certain interviews that he's had, but he's been talking shit, yeah, basically, yeah, talking shit because he had no involvement because it was a directoral sort of wasn't it a debut from Michael B. Jordan, Michael G. Borden, yeah, Yeah, first First one, um, but that's not the bit that is intrigued, us about this film. We went thinking, oh, we'll just go to Cineworld on a Friday night. We'll watch it. There might be a lot of people there because it was, was it opening or oh, like... Opening night, opening seven night. o'clock,
1: yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, we sat down thinking, oh, it's pretty empty in here. It seems all right considering it's an open night. And then we get a gang of, we're going to call them youths or teenagers, <laughs> yeah, whatever you want to call yeah. them, that filled the back row behind us. So that's fine. It's aimed at 12, 12 and above, yeah, so that's yeah. fine. So we thought, oh, it's, it's appropriate for them. They can be here until they started spoiling the film.
1: Yeah, the film was pretty much ruined, wasn't it? They yeah. just uh, kicking the seats... Farting was pretty funny to be honest. <laughs> I knew you think it was,
3: but I've never—I can't remember the last time that happened. Where a group of boys think that farting in front of girls of their own age is a way of trying to like woo them. Is this like a—is this like a thing where like you can you can get a lady like because they were laughing? like, Don't get me wrong, but do they think that then that that's going to then entice them in? Like oh, I'll I'll fart the loudest. Yeah. It's not a game, mm. like
1: they were play fighting, not they? I
3: think it's properly descended into some weird playground. Like, I just think that cinema has become this thing where kids think, well, oh, it's fine, we can just go there and we can just yeah. have a mess about. Money's not a problem. Not back, not back when I was a kid or their age where I used to have to get pocket money and spend it to go there and it wouldn't ruin me time by, like, randomly farting and not watching after the <laughs> film. I don't even know what they were doing. It was proper annoying. People were like, you know, when you mutter under your breath, and
1: it's yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. It was so bad, wasn't it? Like, it completely, was? I enjoyed the film still, but it completely ruined it in terms of like, yeah. I would have enjoyed it so much more like yeah. without, you know, that going on kind of thing.
3: Well, you expect uh, a bit of noise, but you don't expect the whole row to be like raucous about it. They even stood up at the end and clapped. Like, are you all right? It's yeah. like the first time well, they would well, ever. That's had a the real crime, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the first time they must have ever had a drink. Like I think they, I think they were drunk. Like, yeah, they've got probably. to have
1: been. They kept falling on the floor. We were having play fights, but yeah, it was awful. I complained afterwards. when and complained and got a free ticket. Know, sure that's it, the so. only upside. Yeah, ruined. that was good. But yeah, it was bad. But the film was good. <laughs> the film yeah. was good. The
3: film was good. <laughs> it was. But I just feel like that's what cinemas become. It's a place where. Kids of that age just don't see the importance of it anymore. There's just no importance to it. Um, they just think, "Oh, I'll just catch it when it's on a streaming platform or when it, you know what I mean, it's on now TV." It's too yeah. easily accessible to them, so they ruin the experience of the cinema. Yeah, a I good feel point. like they f- I feel like they forgot about it. Is, is cinema going to be a place where they
0: can go and do that soon? Now, with Cineworld World uh, nearly going under, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's been clinging on for like a year. Well, probably yeah. longer than that now, but for about a year, they keep on like saying, "I've oh, got another three months. We've got another yeah." Uh, this- this is like the what Sports Direct
3: that? 70% off sale or closing <laughs> yeah, down yeah, sale. It's like, yeah. it's been going on for three years. Like what's happening?
1: Yeah. But they're clinging on and now they're looking for a buyer basically, but they want someone to do, be a cash buyer for the entire business. Cash, but yeah, like
3: people just carry it. Oh yeah. Five,
1: cash buyer. Five,
0: $5 billion debt or something? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> like, but I think how? i mentioned it on
1: the pod before, that's worth addressing. Cineworld are spinning it that like COVID has killed their cinema. Like COVID has killed the business, which isn't the case they tried to buy cinéplex in 2018 or 2019 a canadian cinema chain and then tried to pull out the deal and uh the court of arbitration or something like that they they found that they couldn't do that and they charged them like billions of dollars for the for pulling out the deal after the whole thing was virtually gone through and so they're billions of dollars in debt because of that that deal right. that went through like so it's nothing to do with well, it obviously it didn't help <laughs> covid coming along kind of thing but no but they didn't help themselves
3: it'd yeah. be ironic that cinéplex <clears throat> then bought them out
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine Because, <laughs> like on the flip side of that, AMC, well Nodian, are in a stronger position now than they were before the pandemic kind of thing. So it's yeah. like you know what I mean? It's
3: Yeah, it's not justification for the downfallings anyway. Yeah, it's not a fair reflection on what they're trying to trying It's spin a self inflicted wound. It's not like they've it's not like they, they've blamed the cinema. The cinema's back. Covid's gone, like the cinema is getting better. There's more and more releases, more and more big films coming up, so they can't be blaming that. And there's enough footfall in the place. It's just that the residual debt they've they've got they can't get rid of or they can't shake, and they need a buyer. Yep. Can't blame can't blame anyone but themselves.
1: Yeah, so it doesn't look good for the world. It doesn't. Yep. Yeah. But uh, Creed Three. <laughs> yeah.
3: On a lighter topic though, Creed yeah. Three was a good film though it was. Um Aside from. The disruptions, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good debut for him as a as a director, and obviously had a different take than the, the usual films, didn't it? There's different aspects of it that would never have been considered in usual Creed, yeah, yeah, Rocky type films.
1: Yeah, just to like tell you guys, not a spoiler or anything, but like I'm sure you, you you all know what the Final Fight of Rocky films look like, kind of thing, you know. But this one, they put a few like visual motifs on it, kind of thing. He's fighting one of his old uh, friends from the uh, from LA, Crenshaw, from years ago. When they're adults, but like in the final fight, it like transitions to like, as if they're fighting in like a, in a juvie, you know, like an old, uh, youth, hop, uh, juvie kind of thing. Hmm. The fighting against like, instead of being in the ring, the fighting against like a uh, prison bars kind and of thing. On
3: mattresses that they used to roll up to be like punch bags, things yeah, like that. Yeah, they've got them like in the practice. corner when they're
1: fighting and stuff. So it's like this cool, like visual motifs that make it look different. Than any other like Rocky or Creed film kind of thing. It's just a cool little like thing to keep. Yeah, it, keep it, interesting. it keeps yeah. it more
3: grounded than it was because obviously like it become it descended quickly, didn't it? The film from being nicey nicey to sort of like sheer hatred. That's not usually them types of films. They usually hatred at the the beginning, sort of transitioned into mutual respect at the end. But it, it didn't. It didn't start that way in this one. It was actually different.
1: Yeah, it's worth mentioning as well. The guy playing the bad guy, Damian Anderson, is a uh, Jonathan Majors. Uh, Steve, have you seen Ant Man, whatever it's called, versus the Quantum or something? I've not watched it yet. No, you're <laughs> not seeing it. No. Jonathan Majors is playing Kang in that, so I want to watch it just for his performance. He's amazing in this film as a what's it called, da- Damian, Damian Anderson. Damian Anderson. Like he's the bad guy, but he plays him with this like a sympathetic kind of like angle, where you actually like you you like the bad guy and you're, like, you like you actually want him to to do well at the same time as wanting Creed to win kind of thing. And he plays it really well he, I think he's going to be like well like I say he's playing Kang he's the new Marvel bad guy and he's the new uh, Thanos basically yeah so like he'll be carrying that for years and he he is a, looks like an amazing actor kind of thing and he's only
3: in his early 30s so it means that he's got a career ahead of him after yeah, establishing yeah. himself so it's fine
1: that's one thing in the film he's playing an older character than Michael uh, G. Borden but he's like but five,
3: five or six years younger than him really yeah he's actually younger
1: than him in real life yeah yeah.
3: But he does. He, they do make it out, so he does seem. I th- it's kind of like he could be older than him, but it's due to his circumstance. He looks more down on his look and a bit more dishevelled, and that's probably why he looks older. Yeah, more hardened by life. than...
1: he's just uglier, basically. <laughs> we'll go by that. If you <laughs> yeah. When
0: I saw there was going to be like Creed Free, I, I obviously knew there was like quite a few Rockies. But when I saw there was Creed free I was like, oh, they're taking this too far now. But does it stand up?
3: I think it does helps this? that yeah. Sly's not involved, just because. Yeah. there was always a structure and an order to things. I felt like Creed just followed the patterns of Rocky, not in the same order. There was snippets that sort of matched up, but this one, it feels different because someone's different vision. It's like, you know what I mean? Like you just said about that fight scene. It's a different vision. It's a different, something Sly would never have approved of. And I think that's why he sort of shit talked it in the media.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's the one thing that does feel a bit weird to me that was kind of like in the film, what Creed goes through and then he comes back at the end you feel like he's been that close to Rocky in the first two films mm-hmm. he will turn to Rocky in that moment for advice and it's like no it's just not in the film <laughs> he gets mentioned once I think don't he like, yeah. that's a, mm-hmm. so just feel a bit like that would be really good to get Rocky's advice there because he's gone through what you're going through now. But it's like, no, no, we, we're not paid to stay We can't do it. Yeah, Creed Four, getting back in? Maybe, maybe. But apparently, <laughs> he's been shit talking this one, so I think that might be him done now with yeah. the Rocky series. maybe he's the bad
2: guy in Creed Four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Twist. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Comes out of retirement at seventy. What, what is he? I think he's seventy-eight
1: now. Seventy-eight. I might be making that up, but I'm sure he looks it. How old is eighty now? Yeah, yeah he's, the new indie film's coming out, so never too late. No? <laughs> but uh, I'll just mention as well, and, uh, Creed gets interviewed in the film by uh, my boy Stephen A. Smith. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's <laughs> good so, you know, I was like, oh, my God, it's Stephen A. Smith.
0: Is that the point you stood up and applauded? And yeah, yeah. Ruckus <laughs> he his, did, and then <laughs> the kids booed him and sat, and sat in the him. Face <laughs> face him. Like, Wow, look at Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, very much we really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, it was good. Yeah, any other cinema
1: trips or films anyone wants to talk about? We've got Scream Six lined up, haven't we, for the next week? Yeah, if that'd be a free trip for me. Do you think there's a complaint from yeah. John? <laughs> but, uh, hey,
2: were there actually any kids, or was it just all about getting free tickets? No, no, gen- genuinely. <laughs>
3: uh, you know, like when you you have that whole thing where people. I don't know what it is about British culture. It's one or the other. It's either like they don't want to offend, or they don't want. Or the, it's, It gets overly aggressive, and that was they don't want to offend. So everyone was in there. And everyone let it like let it slide so it yeah. wasn't an issue. But the moment they go in out of the cinema, they complain to one another. And it's like, if you were that bothered, complain to them. If enough of yeah, you yeah. said something, they'd probably have just gone. Like but, I'm saying at work
1: this week, though, I told people at work about it, because of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, why don't you just go and get some money? Outside? I was like... The minute you get up out of the theatre, like the film's done, then isn't it? like you know what I mean. Yeah, you're, you're, just, you're not concentrating on the film mm-hmm. anymore. Like you could be out there for ten minutes trying to explain what's going on. It's like you might as well just go home. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like so, I just tried to stick it out. But yeah, it was a good. Good film though. It was. Yeah, we <laughs>
2: could we could bypass that. It was good. <laughs> yeah. You... TV or... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, you, well, I've just got a couple want... of uh, film, just a couple of ones I don't. I think you have probably talked about before. I've there's a couple of films I finally got around to watching, and I think most people hate them, and I didn't mind them. I like *For Love and Thunder. I think it's a good film.
1: You know what? I, I liked it. I, I, I don't get why the, the absolute <coughs> disdain for it. People are like, oh, I want to let down and stuff. It's like, it's not, I don't think it's as good as Ragnarok, but it's not that much different.
2: You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I think the tone stays the same. Yeah, I yeah. think it's, um, yeah, I genuinely think it's a fine film. There's nothing wrong with it at all. I, I think enjoyed it, yeah. They just carried on what they were doing with Ragnarok. And it's like, all right, just we'll do a weird 80s film. And I think it was a weird eighties film. It reminded me of like the original Masters of the Universe and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the the yeah, weird film that. Masters of the Universe, not like the actual heman yeah. stuff. <laughs> um I also well, I was just catched up on a lot of Marvel stuff that I'd missed out. So Sorry, just just
1: on that though as well. Like Christian Bale isn't just amazing and is amazing in that film. But it's almost too good, like, because all of his scenes are like up here. And then you come back to Thor, and it's just this like daft comedy, and it's like Bale's playing it like a Shakespearean fucking like drama well, over here kind of thing, like absolutely, absolutely nailing people, it. Like <laughs>
2: a lot of people complain. The, the main complaint I have sort of see about it is it seems like he thinks he's in a different film. Yeah, I think but, I think
1: he thinks he is. Definitely. <laughs> but knowing
2: what I'm going to butcher this horribly, but knowing what like, Takito Hiti is like, I think that was his every intention was to do it like that, and I think he yeah. wanted a really big sort of. Uh, Dysmorphia between both sides. I think he wanted a light, happy side and a dark side. And I think he proper pushed it. I mean, the film goes basically black and white for a lot of it. It's towards yeah, the end yeah. as well. Yeah, um, There's a there's a plot twist in, in it as well, which I think was really good.
1: It seems to have been a bit like overlooked. I'm just going to spoil it. Do you guys mind if I spoil Thor, Love and Thunder? There's a plot twist where the good guys think that Christian Bale is trying to get this all-powerful weapon to like destroy humanity and stuff. It turns out, like at the end, he's not doing it for that, he's doing it to get his daughter back, <laughs> just to bring his daughter back. Is that what it is? All? Oh. yeah, well, I yeah. think
2: no. So, I think the intention was he's was going to kill all gods, but then the way that Thor is in regards to the mighty Thor, so and, Natalie, Natalie and, Porter, like he it? expects to have to fight Thor at the end, and the Thor's just like, Well, you know, you took away the thing that I loved, what's the point anymore? I don't want to fight. And I think that's sort of he suggests uh, go all the god butcher. Well, why don't, instead of wishing all the gods are dead, why don't you wish for your daughter to come back? And oh, does he
1: actually give her that? He hints at that.
2: Well, I think he sort of says the whole, you know, anger isn't the only thing to come from grief. Like, there's other ways to do it. I thought yeah. it was a quite nice ending, that. I thought it was emotionally grounded. I thought it was quite, it was quite good. Light, yeah. um, I also watched uh, that Strange and Multiverse of Madness, which I didn't think was as good, but had some. Pretty good moments in it. Just I think visually, some of the stuff they tried to do was really good. I think they just didn't push the multiverse idea far enough. No, I agree, apart yeah. from like a couple of scenes where you ran through a couple of different multiverses quite quickly. There was basically just two universes in the whole film, uh, and they were basically identical. Yeah, yeah. Up.
1: I think the only you get to one of them and it's
2: like oh this is so
1: crazy the traffic lights are different colours or whatever isn't yeah, like, like yeah. That it is yeah yeah like that's the, the, well, that's the main universe. universe
2: that you go to it's like, yeah it's you, you walk walking red yeah that's, yeah yeah, that's the, yeah it's, 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 it's like whoa yeah <laughs> can comprehend that but uh, but I think the main thing like I feel they did a disservice calling it a Captain uh, a Doctor Strange film. Uh, they should have just literally called it That Strange vs. Scarlet Witch or something like that, because it's her film more than Dot Strange, I think. She's fantastic in it. I'm trying to say in terms of actors again, like she was a, she was amazing in that film. Absolutely like, incredible yeah. in the film. And again, that's
1: all these films are about the fucking kids, aren't they? That's about her getting getting the two sons back or something like Yeah, yeah.
2: Like, well no, you say getting the, that's the weird thing with the And film. she does it in the
1: end and it's like Donovan up well, well, kitten the family. I back. think <laughs> the
2: main plot hole with it is she's trying to get her two kids back that she doesn't have. Like she's never had those, in the in the universe she's from, she never had those kids. So that's like yeah. a weird. There's another version of it that has those kids. Yeah, she only gets spoken
1: into them because of one division didn't shoot the TV show. Yeah. yeah.
2: And then the last film I wanted to briefly touch on is um, I only got around to watching this week, but it's a film I've been meaning to watch for quite a while. Uh, very different to my old films. I finally got around to watching Licorice Pizza. Oh. Um, have you? Has anyone else saw it? Yeah. yeah uh, seen it. <coughs> uh, quick spoiler. Nothing about vinyl records in there, so that was a disappointment. <laughs> It's because, not, is there? No, in case anyone doesn't know, licorice pizza is a really archaic slang for a vinyl record.
1: Well, it's actually a store in LA. Licorice pizza—that's where the name comes
2: yeah.
1: from. Yeah, Because he, he grew up in LA, Paul Thomas Anderson he named it after that store.
2: But the store's not even in the film, is it? Uh, what you have mentioned—you saw some of it. Did you not really get on with it? No. no. That's, so I started watching. It. I don't. I don't know. I just
0: could not get into it. And. Um, I know one of our mates, Luke, said it's like
2: he felt like it was just written for critics, basically, and not for, like, not, not a watcher. I, I quite. Do you know what it reminded me of? And I don't know if it's just a time period. Is it John Hughes who did um, Phyllis Buhler and Sixteen Candles and all those classic films? Yeah, all the I feel like problems. not quite as... Although the comedic moments in it, I don't think it was quite as comedy-heavy, but it really sort of recaptured that sort of... Era of a film for me, and you get that. I think it's a uniquely British thing where you get nostalgia for like old Americana that we've never had, we just weirdly get nostalgia for it, and sort of tick that box. The only thing that bugs me with it is the age difference between the two principal leads is really weird. Like, people have got a real issue with it kind of thing. Is she 20 and he's 15? No, she's 25 and he's 15, so there's a 10 year difference. Yeah, (laughs) it's, it's, it's quite, it's um, yeah. It's, it's quite much... I mean, at the start of it, she doesn't want to be in a relationship with him. I mean, that's the whole sort of point. Yeah. Uh, but no, I quite enjoyed it. I, I thought it was I thought it was a good film. I like it, Paul Thomas Anderson. I
1: like all his stuff, but there's one bit in that film that I think sticks out like a sore of thumb. I just... I don't get... Paul Thomas Anderson is usually the most, like, uh, measured filmmaker. Like, he'll put nothing in his films that sticks out or is out of place. But the Asian racism jokes in it, I'm just like... I appreciate that might have actually happened, which is what his, his defense is for. His defense is that when I was a kid, I saw this happen. But like, just for John Winman, I don't know if you got this far, Inman, but the bit where... Do you know what I mean? Where
2: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They There's, go to
1: like a restaurant. A guy's married to a, an Asian woman who
2: they run a restaurant. Yeah, he's married to a Japanese woman and they run a Japanese restaurant. And every time he speaks to his wife, he just speaks in an awful, awful, fake Japanese accent but in well, English. He speaks, speaks in English in a terrible Japanese accent. I think I yeah, think yeah. yeah. So
1: like, if I was translating for you, John, obviously you would be like, oh John, what does John think about uh, Liverpool have seen? I'd be like, I don't No, I don't no, know no, no, cool. no, 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 no. <laughs> what well, about your think?" Joe, oh. edit this out, Joe. <laughs>
2: it's literally like that in the film. Like, But it's the, like, the, the, the later bit where he's married to a different woman and he does the same thing. Yeah. And um, the main character asks, oh, what did she say? And he just goes, oh, I don't know, I do speak Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> it's dude. just like, oh, so it's just uh, it was a racist joke then. It just seems so like,
1: <laughs> what is he, like he's not, he's a better filmmaker than that. What is he doing putting this stuff in his film? But
2: other than that, it's a good film. <laughs> I think um, Bradley Cooper in it is fantastic as well, because oh, his, yeah. his cameo in it. He's, um, oh, who's, who's he's playing? Uh, it's
1: John. Hairdresser, slap John Peters. John Peters. He, he uh, was the real life producer who made Batman in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, and the way he plays him is just like obsessed with women kind of thing like can't, like he's in the van for two minutes with that girl and he's like all over it kind of thing <laughs> yeah he's amazing in that film <laughs> yeah but film wise that's it apart from our main topic that we'll shortly get to just mention as well with Doctor Strange it's worth watching just for that one scene where uh, he kills all the alternate Avengers from the different universe. The alternate Illuminati. Oh, the Illuminati, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of the deaths are pretty inventive. That's, that was good. Oh, yeah. sorry, he doesn't kill them. It's a one. guy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Worth watching just for that. Yep. Excellent. Um, sorry, I've got one more film. What, one film. Go <laughs> Just quickly throw it out there. I watched a Cocaine Bear. Uh, I pretty much hated it, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, I think, I don't know, people seem to be enjoying it. I don't know why. Like, what annoys me about a film like Cocaine Bear is people. They get the like the uh, the online standards for it. Were like, uh, oh, you know, you just don't like funny kind of thing. It's just a stupid and offensive film. Like, it doesn't harm anyone. It's like it costs thirty million dollars. It's like distributed by Universal. It's not like some plucky little underdog kind of thing. Mm. It costs thirty million dollars. This fucking shite. <laughs> it's not Sharknado. Sharknado cost like ten. You know, like a couple of quid kind of thing. Like, and he's excellent. Like, <laughs> and like. People defend it. I'll just never get it. And they're like, you know, like, oh, it's just one of them films that's so bad it's good. It's like, it's not. It's just boring as shit. Like, it's, it's on, not so bad it's good.
2: On that so bad it's good point, this me when people say that because that only works if the film hasn't intentionally set out to be so bad it's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like The Room or something.
2: Yeah, like that was meant to be a series. Although, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau insists that it's a comedy these days. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, was never meant as a comedy. He's flipped on that, hasn't he? <laughs> but, yeah, but I think the you know, "so bad it's good" only works when it's a serious When it's not meant to be, that it's like if you make a crap film and then try to say, "Oh, it's so bad it's good." It's like no, you just made a crap film and you're trying to sell it like that. Yeah, and I think that sort of takes away quite a lot from the "so bad it's good" stuff. Definitely. Of nature. Yeah, they're trying to like go for that audience,
1: but it's like if you know you're bad, it doesn't work. Like say, so you need. It's almost like you need dignity. You've got to be trying to make something good, and when it turns out to be terrible, that's why it's interesting kind of thing.
2: If you're just trying to make something bad, it's like...
0: So do you think NATO Nado falls into that category of it's so bad it's good? I mean, the, or the, <clears throat> the first one,
2: yes. The latter five, no. Just self-aware. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, like, The Room. I, I'm not... I mean, I'm one of them. I don't even particularly like
1: The Room, but I can understand why people like watching it, because some of it is just so bad. You know, like... Uh, if if you were you the Tommy Wise old thing, like, You're tearing me apart, Lisa You know what it's meant to be like a serious dramatic scene. And it's like The Simpsons or something like No, uh,
2: watch the the one on
1: the roof who's like, I hate her, I hate her. Oh hi Mark. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I did not do it, I did not. Oh hi Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, but in this one, it's the kind of film where characterisation is literally like there's a policeman in it and you're meant to like him because he's got a new dog. Like that's that's his whole character. It's like, Oh I've got a new dog and I don't know what to do with the dog, like, oh what do I do with this? Like do you know what I mean? That is like, just write a proper fucking film. There's a million characters in this film as well. People have been introduced, like 10 minutes left in the film, and they've introducing new characters with plot twist. It's like, the film is fucking ending? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you, you guys might like it though. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Star rating on that one? I'll give it a one. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> All right then, TV.
3: Uh, no one has got T V to talk about?
1: I've actually
3: not, no. I've not I've actually not, not started what we're supposed to be starting. Uh, I thought what I've you been...
1: did was watch Apple TV. No more Apple TV. <laughs>
3: uh, no, no, it's because I'm stuck on the Sopranos.
2: Is it oh, long, it's a long it's a long haul, that's what it is. Somebody yeah. Else yeah, I is. think what, what is it like six series of like twenty four
3: episodes? I, I don't know, it might be eight. I'm on I'm on series three. And I don't
2: like, think, oh, think it's, it's, it is shit. Whatever life.
3: it is, it's a long haul. Anyway, I enjoy it. I'm not saying oh, that. It, it's just it is, it is great. other things that I had previously been watching I've not been able to get around to continuing because I feel like it'll conflict what I'm watching. So I've not been able to start series three of Wu-Tang and also I've not been able to watch the new series of The Mandalorian. I just can't. I feel like it's, it's a lot I'd have to take in to watch, mm-hmm. but especially as I've got times limited. I watch, like, The Sopranos with my wife, who just seems to sort of, like, shoehorned her way into watching it. I watched it (laughs) as if it was my series. And she just keeps wandering in rooms and sitting down. It's like, so what's happening then? Like, just fucking sit down and watch it. Just watch it. And then it turns out now I can't watch it without it. So that's where the time's gone. So now I can't watch the other programs as well. Because it's just fucking... (laughs) So yeah, other than that though, I will get round to watching them. But yeah, Sopranos, still class. Series 3 is good. Um, but yeah, keep posted on that one. See if we get up to something new next time.
1: Going off the back of what you're not watching, I'm not watching The Mandalorian yet. I've got to wait for that all to drop. Before I think watch I'm also yeah. going to do that. Yeah, and The Last of Us finishes next week. So I'm, and I'm going to... <clears> yeah, I'm saying saying I'm not watching that until next week, then I am watching it when it finishes.
0: Right. I'm going to binge out when it's, uh, when it's all out. I nearly started it and I was like, <clears throat> there was only two episodes left or something. So I was like, I can wait two weeks then watch it. We'll have to uh, cover, that mention, up, uh, like people
1: cover that. Are, I believe game fans are not very happy with the, the adaptation of The Last of Us from what I've seen on, on meme groups that Elliot Jones has uh, added me to. People are not happy with uh, the TV show Last of Us because it's
2: apparently quite different from the game. So got that to look for. I say for. this with all the love and respect in the world. Video game fans, and I'm a video game fan. Video game fans are cunts.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to go to Oliver <laughs> <laughs> with all the love in the world. <laughs> I mean, that all rolls into one, doesn't it? <laughs> but but yeah. not, I've not
0: played the game.
3: Or I've played, I've played so little game. of
0: it that I've, I could say
3: I've not played the game. be honest, I've, I actually borrowed it from someone in work and I've yet to start it. Like I said, limited time and all that. Um, but yeah. He just said, play the first series, like the first game, and then he said, don't ever play the second game because it ruined his life. So, yeah,
1: my, one of my favourite games of all time. Probably.
3: But that's the thing, he's yeah, yeah. different opinions, but then, to be yeah. fair, then he likes the series. So, like, Well, there's too. a reason why he
1: doesn't like Part 2. Yeah, because you'll, he, you'll, there, you'll there find there that There is out. a reason, <laughs> he did, he did say
2: mean, specifically. Do you like Part 2 because you're not a big gamer, bro? Is that what it is? <laughs> no, it's more, I'm not... A and on member. I, think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe Q and on like a party. <laughs> yep,
1: but yeah, I think we should do that on the show. I think that'd be okay. amazing. Uh, that oh yeah, we just all TV show. If we
2: all just binge it and then yeah, have yeah. a post binge discussion.
1: Sweet. Yeah. maybe the next episode then.
2: And you can do your little
3: comparisons between game. And series and see how you lie with it, whether
2: it's a. Oh, that's yeah, that's interesting. If some of us have played the game and some of us have not played the game, because I've not played it either, because I oh shit sure, yeah, yeah, didn't didn't have a PS3 yeah, or a yeah. PS4 or a five. I was full Xbox for life. That would be like if <coughs> I to make sure was on it, yeah. That'll be a
1: good a uh, good little. I'll
3: try and get round to playing at least the first game, so I will have some sort of input with regards to a bit of both. I yeah. can cross both paths, but anyway.
0: But Also, just how like <clears throat> game TV
3: show crossover or does it work does it not yeah. and which, which work... it sounds like this one has to be fair well I was thinking no, which works like better when you start yeah. the movie into the game or where the game moves into the movie mm. or yeah. series or whatever you want to call it but some, it,
2: it happens doesn't it cool. from what I've heard off other podcasts not as good as this one no Um <laughs> a lot of them seem to think the best medium to tell like the game uh, The Last of Us story is this TV show like the world and storytelling works better in a TV show yeah um because, you know, it's a novel take on... Although, avoid using the zombie's word, it's a novel take on a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah we should do that in the future,
1: maybe. Get a, get a Last of Us pod on the yeah. go for our next one, yep.
2: It
3: should have traction. People are setting on watching this series, aren't they? Plus, it'll be, yeah. it'll be sending people back into playing the game that maybe played it back on when it was on its original sort of console as well, so... Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. No TV, still.
2: So I've been watching a cartoon... Um, Inspector Broderick. Gadget. Oh, God, I'd love to rewatch watch <laughs> Inspector Gadget. I feel like they remade it and ruined it. I might be lying. There was a, there was a movie one. Matthew a, Broderick yeah. movie. Oh, that's one that The movie nice. was actually okay. <laughs> no. I, I enjoyed it, but it's
3: purely... If I watched it now, I don't think I'd have the same sort of input yeah, as it yeah, did 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, is everyone familiar with Samurai Jack? There was a video game at that, wasn't there? There was a video game, but it was a very popular cartoon by I'm gonna butcher it. Oh, name. it's the
1: Dexter fella, that's the Laboratory Fella.
2: Is it Gennady the oh No God? Tarkovsky. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I've got it written down and I still mess it up. <laughs> he did the uh
1: he did the Star Wars Clone Wars cartoons as well before yeah. they became like the CGI things later.
2: He's he's uh he's got a very style. Uh, samurai Jack was uh sort of groundbreaking really, it was a samurai who just gets cast through time and space by a demon and it's just him f- almost story the week just in a different universe every day uh, every episode fighting his way through but he's done a new series called primal and two series are out for it now um both on all four so you can just stream them for free um, and it's just a caveman and his friend who's a dinosaur just on a rampage <laughs> really and it's incredibly gory but fantastic i think what i really liked about it is it, uh, i've watched both series now it got to the very end of the first series Not a single bit of dialogue in the entire thing, because it's a caveman and a dinosaur. They don't speak. (laughs) Um, And then it slowly introduces uh, more of the wider world. It reminds me quite a lot of sort of properly classic um, Conan, like very original Conan sort of novel. Well, I say novels, sort of original Conan Pulp Fiction. Um, that sort of world where the noble savage and stuff like that no talking or anything like that kinda of yeah thing. yeah it's it's very much just the main character uh, they're just going on a journey together um, in the first episode it's not too much as well as to say really because it's just a cartoon but in the first episode they both end up losing the families and that's sort of what bonds the pair them together so it's like uh a large ferropod, sort of like a little mini T Rex, and him just <laughs> on the bounce. But it's, it's, it's properly fantastic. You can burn for him quite quickly because they're only 20 minutes or so. Right. Um, but yeah, it's great. Just it's animated so so nicely. It looks really good. And I think nowadays it's rare to get a proper cartoon. Like, it's, a lot of places lean too heavy into sort of uh, more CGI and so. Yeah, it's not hand animated kind of thing. And yeah. I don't know if it's just the generation that we are. It just, we grew up with like proper. I'd say proper, probably with quotation marks, but with like true sort of hand animated cartoons. That's all we grew up on. You know, it's pre CGI. Yeah. Um, I, there's a lot of cartoons I can't watch now because I watch about five minutes and i just like, oh, I hate how it's, I hate the art yeah. style. I hate how it looks. Um, Clone Wars, they, they, I couldn't stand that to be yeah. fair. It just didn't look right when I was watching it. Well, watch
1: the Gendi Tarkovsky ones that he did in the early 2000s. You like that? Yep. I think he did that in between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. It was designed to introduce General Grievous, you know, like as a little teaser before Revenge of the Sith came out. But yeah, they're good. It's cartoons, so they did.
4: Yep.
0: I wonder if there's some crossover or like <clears throat> between the old and new. If you saw the crossover, you prefer the old stuff, and anyone that's only seen the new style of CGI cartoon,
2: it's like, how do you watch that old stuff? Like, <laughs> it's, but, I was <clears> thinking about the Rick I don't know brick it's lot. like almost. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know if it's like more nostalgia based, like. I don't know if watch us now watching a CGI cartoon. It, it, I don't know if there's just some, some switch in the back of the head saying, so well, that's not really a cartoon, is yeah. it? I know what you mean, but there is a thing like with South Park. If you go back and catch an old episode
1: of South Park from the first couple of series, you're like, fucking hell, it was actually animated, wasn't it? Like, you forget like how yeah. rough it was when it started. Yeah. Well, I think I actually prefer the new South Park because it just looks cleaner, doesn't it? Stuff you know what I mean? Yeah, because with,
2: with the original episodes, it was almost just stop motion, wasn't it? Really? just like paper, paper yeah. animation kind of thing. Like, yeah, but yeah. you've watched it over a transitional period
3: rather than just being thrown in as one or the other. Because you can't jump from one to the other. You've had a series of slowly progress. It like yeah, started with The Simpsons. Became it became progresses, like, yeah. doesn't it? You see yeah. the progression of
1: the of everything, the animation, the way it is. For the- example, Simpson. As you watch an early episode of that, and I'm not sure. If it still has the charm at times, I'm like this is so rough. The, and then, the voice, the voiceovers as well. It's a little bit sort of cl- yeah, almost clunky. Kind of yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a, there is a thing as well. Genuinely watching old stuff on modern TVs is always going to look bad because they aren't designed to show like yeah. old four by three. You know, uh, standard definition yeah. stuff. It just it gen- looks rough by, it by nature. Rough. It looks bad, kind of thing on a modern TV. Like yeah, yeah. So that doesn't help. No. <laughs>
0: Right, if we're all done with TV film, yeah, end of part one. Take a break, come back and talk about her.
4: Welcome
2: back. It's weird saying welcome good. back because they've not yeah. been on a break and we have. They had a very <laughs> very short musical break. We've, we've welcomed ourselves back. Yeah. We're back now. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: been the standing host, I have forgotten that we were going to do games, so uh, we'll kick back into games before doing the main review.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, JT? I'll let Steve go first, because
2: I want to know what is going to <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, in the, in the break, I gave a hint that I have only one thing to talk about, and it's just pure disappointment. He's um, almost certainly come up on the podcast before, um, but I really like Fire Emblem games, and there's a new Fire Emblem game out called Fire Emblem Engage, and it's bad. And the last two are really, really good. And I keep thinking about how good... The, like, this is how bad the new one is. I've, I've played about two hours of it, and I just want to go, oh, I might just go and play the old one again, because it was really good. It's just... They, they purred down a lot of the story aspects of it, and the story is just dreadful. You Like, none of the characters are engaging. It looks weird. They've, they've done some stuff to change how it looks, and it just doesn't look the same. It controls a bit awkwardly. Um... But I think that's mainly down to the analogue on the Switch is a bit naff when you're using a grid system. It's a tactical RPG, so you're fighting across a grid system. I think it's down to the... uh, But I don't know if anyone's ever played it. There's a mobile game called Fire Emblem um, Heroes, and it feels like you're just playing the mobile game. Right. Um, All the character designs are just weird, stupid, outlandish stuff that is there just to try and catch your attention. There's There's a new sort of they call it an emblem system where your guys are joined by like heroes from past games that doesn't seem to quite make sense and doesn't really fit i think it's just after the last entry of the series being fire emblem three houses being like an incredibly strong game um apparently the three houses is a longer game and also three houses has four different paths that you can go down as well as a dlc path it was it was a massive game this apparently is nowhere near as long. There's only one path that you can go down. It's just a real. It's just really sad. Like the last two games have been so so good, and it, this just feels soulless. At the same time, there is a game called Tactics Ogre Reborn. I think it's called, and it's a revisit to another old fashioned tactical RPG game. And I picked up both in the shop, and I put that back mm-hmm. down, and now I just wish I'd bought that instead. It's finally
1: on Switch exclusive.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a. I don't know if it's published by. I can't remember who's published by, but they've always been on Nintendo. It's just funny how like you
1: saying that one isn't as good as. It's a stellar series that's kind of like dipped off with of the latest ep- uh, episode. I believe Pokemon has been the same the last the last two versions of Pokemon. There was loads of technical issues on the Switch, like uh, in terms of running and stuff. People have said it was an absolute nightmare to so run. The actual game was good, but it actually worked.
2: Um, I have Scarlet, and I. It's not been too bad. Sony animation is quite bad. Like, you'll just be walking along and you'll see, like, an NPC and they'll just not do a walking animation and they'll just statically glide along the floor for a bit. I don't know what the name, the, you know, the individual names are, but uh, Scarlet was, and well, Violet are the two newer ones. People were saying that, like, literally,
1: apparently, performance wise, it drops to, like, literally
2: under 10 frames a second at times. So like, oh, I've, I've saw people have massive. Look, like I said, it's the thing with. Glitches and performance issues like that. It doesn't affect everyone. I've been very lucky where I've not really had any major ones. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, had, and I've saw videos of people having like serious issues with the game. It's just strange. I know it's not Nintendo, it's Game Loft, and it would do Pokemon. Is that right? Uh, game Freak. Game Freak, sorry. Yeah.
1: Game Loft, I think that's like a rental play? <laughs> <Is that laughs> no, a Game, game Loft
2: was a, was a mobile game. Oh, it was really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they used to make all the... Sort of early mobile like car racing games uh, and stuff like that. I don't know anything about mobile games, so I don't, believe
1: me, I don't. <laughs> but yeah, just weird how like these big stellar series for Nintendo seem to be struggling with like the latest well, information, this kind of thing.
2: The two new Pokemon games, Scarlet and Violet, um, are fully open world now, um, so there's not really any transitions between areas and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think the switch is getting on a bit. yeah. yeah so I, I think
1: now,
2: so. in some ways it could just be limitations of the actual hardware. But equally, it could just be that not optimised the software very well at all. Yeah. It's worth mentioning our new Switches will be on the way soon. Because uh, they're releasing another
1: Zelda, which is the, the death knell for <coughs> any savings.
2: Yeah, I, I'm very, I've never played Breath of the Wild, but I know that Breath of the Wild didn't run particularly well at times on the Switch. So I can't imagine how...
1: Karen, what is it? Tears
2: of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. I can't imagine how well that's gonna run on the Switch. I'm sure when you look back through Nintendo history, whenever a new Zelda comes out, it means
1: that one console's ending and the next one's beginning. So look forward to Switch 2 next year.
3: Is that what we're calling it? Because they did try and upgrade to the OLED mo- like version of this, I suppose. <coughs> but are you just thinking they're not I don't know. I don't know how to put it. Are they are they not just sort of gonna upgrade the sort of the, the hardware side of things? Well, or are you thinking? I think the completely... OLED,
2: other than having a better screen, I don't think actually had any improved hardware no i think it'll be
1: switched Two because they've got a a track record the wii was that big that they cut the called the next one the wii u for the first time they kind of i don't actually think the wii u took off as well no it bombed Mm -hmm. but then they did the switch and that's now even got to be bigger than the wii so they'll just call it switch two and it'll bomb (laughs) is that what we expected (laughs) not, not switch you Switch. Or, or switch you. That could be it. Yeah. yeah switch up. Or the you switch isn't that like you switch? <laughs> 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 I like that. Uh, I believe you had a game John Yeah, I got one. One quick one I'll mention. You missed it last time. Stay on the pod. I don't think you've heard it yet. But I, uh, I blamed Auntie for ruining Need for Speed Unbound. Uh, there were literally missions in it where you've got to go like pick up tofu from the shop and stuff in it. it's, a, it's... Great game, total, total storyline.
2: I think. So, so are you saying tofu is Antifa's fault and not Asia's fault? Antifa's fault. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. No, uh, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, you only earned your impression today. Let's carry on. <laughs> uh,
1: so I thought, oh, you know, I can't play all these woke racing games anymore. I'm gonna go back. <laughs> I got. I. Uh, this is the beauty of the Xbox Day. You'll agree. I bought Burnout Revenge in 2006 on my Xbox account. Just looking through the games on my account, there's Burnout Revenge. And I was like, oh shit, I've not played that since 2006. <laughs> <laughs> fired it up, and it backwards compatible, it works, uh, plays better than ever. Like you're playing on a high end PC. And Burnout Revenge is the best racing game ever. Like it is, it is amazing. Like made by Criterion, who made uh, Need for Speed Unbound. Uh, and it looks, still looks genuinely amazing. It plays amazingly well, it's so fast. And like I was mentioning in the last game about how the culture's changed so much that they portray you as the good guy and like you do, you know, you're fighting the evil police and stuff, and uh, you're doing everything for the good of the good of the city that you're in. In this, in Burnout, just the point of the game is to smash all the cars. Like, mm. <laughs> literally, the more cars you smash, the more the more nitro you get and stuff like that. And it's just like, oh, games need to go back to the being fun like this, like instead of cranking all these storylines it and stuff. It's just like. Yeah, Burnout Revenge is in my top five games of all time. Like it is, it's perfect. Like, was,
0: was Take Down the one before? Burnout Takedown? Yeah,
1: like when I and when they came out in my head, I always thought I preferred Burnout Three Take, Take Down to Burnout Four Revenge. But playing it now, it's like Revenge is way, way better. Like just technically, it's so much better than mm. than Take Down. But I mean, that's amazing as well.
0: But, yeah, you know. I don't, I'm not sure I played Revenge, but I remember just renting Burnout Takedown. That was,
1: that was so good I've got news for you when you can buy Revenge right now on your Xbox We've yeah. about two quid now or something <laughs> go back and play it uh, but yeah it's a perfect racer uh, made by Criterion back when they made proper racing games to be fair they still do make good racing games they just p- p- crank a stupid plot in there but yeah uh, it'll be cheap Go. i recommend you all go back and play Burnout Revenge it is a, genuinely a perfect game yeah in that. my top five of all time okay yeah very good.
0: Did you have another game? No, that was it. That was it. We all done for games. Well of them. Yeah. Yes. Um. Move on to the main event then, and um, main review of her this week. Yeah. Um. Some of us have seen
3: all of it. Some of us have seen some of it. That was a a little mishap. Uh, I didn't mean. <laughs> I meant to meant to watch it all. There's too much Sopranos. Yeah. Too many Sopranos. <laughs> yeah. Ended up falling asleep, but that's. I watched enough of it anyway.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. Just, just before we dive into it, sort of, because mm-hmm. we just left games, John probably noticed this. Her, an Annapurna film, which I didn't realise. Annapurna film? Yeah, yeah Annapurna, Anna a, a big game shooter aren't I? Yeah, the, I think, yeah, I mean, I think they
1: were back at the time, you know, they were making like smaller indie games and stuff. Yeah, I just, I just genuinely didn't realise you were also making a motion picture. Another one you missed with the last pod, Steve. I talked about Telling Lies, a video game. Which is like a very cinematic video game. You're watching like Skype videos, basically.
2: Is Telling Lies the film star one? I think that's Immortality. Oh, that's
1: the newest one, isn't well, it? Yeah. I'm sure though that's also on Aperna because they also made Telling Lies. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah it's, it's the same guy who made the previous yeah, one. Yeah, Sam, yeah. Sam somebody, yeah. Sam Smith. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 in between his music career, <laughs> <laughs> he just cracks out these games. Yeah, he made those two games. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so a little
0: synopsis for her uh, in the near future a lonely writer develops an unlikely relationship with an operating system designed to meet his every need so uh, it falls into the AI sort of category I was yeah, leading to earlier uh, does anyone want to kick off any thoughts
1: I don't know where to start to be honest because I've got a lot of questions about this film that's almost more dependent on just how this tech would work in terms of the logistics of this. I've
2: got a few things I would like to point out that I really liked that aren't really to do with the plot. So I feel like that's a nice, easy look out there. Um, I just loved how everything looked in this film. I love the sort of retro futurism, sort of pseudo 50s, but I think it's really nice. I think the way everyone was dressed, the way all the sets looked, um, I just think it looked fantastic. It's just so nice.
1: It's definitely all that retro thing, but all. It's hard. It's, it's merging together in my head now. I can't remember whether this film came first or whether elements of the hipster movement came first. I know that hipsters were a thing before this film came out. But the way that, like, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's style and stuff with the mustache and the hair. And there's another guy who almost has like a. It's not a comb because he's not bald, but it's got like a weird, like. You know, Amy Adams' husband in it. He's yeah. got this weird side sweep going but on this, kind of thing.
3: isn't that leaning into the whole. There's even modern cinema now is moving into that whole it's modern but it, it's got a fifties style to it, isn't yeah. there? The Harry styles I, film. I, I guess
2: what I guess what you're saying with the whole hipster movement, like the hip is a throwback to like more antiquated sort of fashion. So I I get that's I but I think it's definitely just presenting sort of 50s, but in the future, yeah. it's
1: also the, the decor as well. into a lot of the,
2: yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's almost like um, sort of postmodern mid century, mid century furniture, yeah. sort of like that, that alluding to my holiday earlier, that sort of scandy Danish sort of look to everything. Yeah. yeah,
3: everything's like a lot of uh, bold colors. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I really like, yeah, the fashion I think is really good, like the. the Really colorful, but pastel. Even kind of even style. Yeah, and like yeah. it does. I think the hipster kind of movement. I think it does play towards that. and I think it does it well. Like, I it think look, I even think his making... office.
3: The way the office setup was, yeah. how um, sort of uh, bold, um, um, sort of like the colors were blocked everywhere. It was block colouring. Uh, it was just it was a bizarre work environment, but. Mm. Everyone was like isolated within the thing, but everything it seemed pretty open with the colours and stuff. The way it was sort of set up, it was a strange, strange take on the.
1: I think what I'm trying to get head around is: did this film predict a lot of stuff that came later, or was a lot of that culture already a thing at this point, and this was just heightened in the film? Like, do you know what I mean? I feel like he almost predicted the way modern fashions would go. Do you know what I mean? Or was... I sort of
2: see what you're saying, but I think he's. I want to say yes and no, which is a crappy response to what you're saying. But I think he's just made a stylistic choice and gone for it because the reason it looks so good is everything conforms to that sort of vision. Like, there's nothing really out of place. Uh, everything suits that thing.
1: I think my question for you, Steve, is Spike Jones: Is he a futurist? Basically, is he predicting the future with this film? He's a retro futurist. Oh, coined a new term.
0: Have you guys seen Sex Education on Netflix? Yes. No, uh, heard it I have not. would me. I I really like that show, but that does the same thing of sort of like <clears throat> the styling in that is very retro. It's
3: almost old. 70s. Uh, you're talking yeah. about the main character, the way he dresses and the way he's got like yeah. almost like flared pants. And you remember those yeah. old 70s jackets with like the sort of the chevrony pattern on like pu- like puffer jackets, but in like um sort of like matte browns and stuff like that. It's kind of like they try and sort of set it up as if it's sort yeah. of some sort
2: of... 70s throwback but now well i think a lot of media is moving towards that idea where you have sort of the culture and the look is from a certain decade but also in a storytelling medium it's just way easier and has mobile phones and smartphones and stuff yeah. like that so they just um upage the sort of decade to now but so we've got all the modern day sort of technology but just everyone looks I don't know, cooler than all the sort of yeah. the waste rolls that you saw in Cineworld the other yeah. night. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah. I think it, it really works. though. So like in, in
0: sex education, I wouldn't be surprised if it took influence from that. And then they take it one step further by, it's like Americanize <clears throat> everything. Like the high school looks very American. Yeah, but it's f- even
3: bringing Gillian Anderson in as the yeah. mother being one of those um, almost like hipster style mothers were because she's a sex counsellor she has this um, open modern take where almost she embarrasses her child in the sense of she wants open and frank discussions about stuff that actually the child sort of shuts down on because it's like why would would I want to speak to my mother about sex but because it's her profession
2: she sort of like has this like weird modern take on something I I guess even that sort of attitude to sex is sort of a very 70s thing you had the whole, because the joy of sex was that published sort of around the 70s and it was that sort of you know, push to get it more open and not be as hidden away and locked behind doors and get it more sort of socially acceptable to be allowed to talk about that. I think. Yeah. Sex scenes in her as well. With a... It's a horny film. Well, he yeah. It <laughs> was the yeah. initial one that um,
3: it wasn't even a scene of it. It was when he'd, um, when he woke up and he got the uh, the system to sort of search for anyone awake that he could speak to well, about yeah. it, about yeah. the cat. Yeah. Strangling yeah, yeah. with the cat. The cat yeah. So just like, <laughs> even he looked shocked at it. It wasn't that moderate. like it's in like he wasn't even he had some boundaries and he was yeah. like don't know what's happening.
1: Yeah. Like I was thinking back to that like later in the film and like he goes on a date with Olivia Wilde and it doesn't go well at the end and she's like, Oh you're a creepy guy and I should have like he's creepy, like we had the fucking guy talking to me before. Like, I know. He's pretty <laughs> subdued in comparison. <laughs> yeah. I
0: think like his acting was is so good in it, so because I I don't I don't know how it was done. But basically you're only seeing him. Most shots are just him where he's speaking to an assistant or whatever. Yeah. But like how he has to act and do his reactions, I guess someone else is in the room maybe feeding those lines and yeah. it gets edited I was just afterwards. thinking that like,
3: It was the close action shots yeah. that it would have of him. The way it's like, it's almost like an honest interpretation of how he would relay a message back. Yeah. Even even down to his job type. you know, the way he, he does his job, the way he sort of like um reads out these letters that he sort of are they call like handwritten like sort of like yeah. heartfelt yeah, letters yeah. that he sort of speaks to his computer and they print out and it's the way that he portrays that as if he's like as if he's delivering he's the, the one, message yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, how, yeah. how how good it seems to be the way he does it
1: yeah but like in, in those kind of terms in terms of his acting performance and what have you uh, he went on to do Joker, which the, mm-hmm. the
2: entire film was just him on a
1: screen, basically.
2: No, I was, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just about to bring that up. It, 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 it does feel like this is a good predecessor. He did build, yeah. Up. yeah, it's like a little prequel for Joker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel
3: like cinema does enough of them um, where you see the honest actions of one actor in, you know, like up close in the way, like the way they can change emotion, the way their styles change. Usually you, you get interrupted by a lot of different characters, but the way in this, it's mainly focused on the way he sort of
1: but I'm just thinking it, now though like the whole point of Joker why people were so like blown away by it is that Joaquin Phoenix was in every scene like it's never he's yeah. never out of the film like which is unusual was he on scene in every scene in this film on, on screen Sorry.
3: pretty much it's
1: I feel kind of just
3: following me pretty much there's
0: only like between A- Amy Adams and her husband at one point but it's like literally oh yeah in just, befo- still, yeah, yeah, just yeah, before yeah. he meets them anyway yeah, so he still
1: ends up in it
2: so yeah uh, Yuck. Yeah, yeah uh, there might cool. be a couple of scenes of Chris Pratt and his wife as yeah, well that he's not in. Um, yeah, but by and large, you can just yeah, yeah. Pin,
1: pin the film on him, kind of yeah. thing. Like yeah, yeah.
2: But I mean, both those scenes are very short. It's, you know, yeah, yeah. we're talking like <clears throat> tiny percentages of the film. Yeah, so. literally. Uh, yeah. Can I just mention something I don't like?
1: Nothing to do with the film, really, but I hate it in films where like video games are portrayed. And it feels like it's being portrayed by somebody who doesn't play video games. They come up with this, this VR video game world where Joaquin Phoenix walks with his fingers, just yeah, like coming up the hill. Like, who, why on earth would you make a video game where you control them by with your fingers when a joypad is easier to do to move forward? It like,
3: also doesn't make sense how it would operate. Like, there's no other than... That coming at him, how does it operate? How does it work?
1: I just assume without some kind of like future VR, basically, like just Are you know he? what I mean. The scanning, bo- like the yeah, like that's yeah, what I, wonder, I don't know. Or something
3: how do you connect to it, and how do you disconnect from it? From you just moving to do a general because he sits back, doesn't he, in one scene and he him, he, he, like as if like he's having a rest, doesn't he? Like do something like have a drink. I think or so, yeah. How does that know that he stopped playing?
0: Must be some connect. This kind of style, gotcha yeah. Thing. But, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but, but thought, you know
1: what I mean about like. People who don't play video games come up with ideas like, oh, you can walk with your fingers. Like, why would you, you wouldn't want do to, that. Who would want to do that? <laughs> you like, would just push a stick in a It's direction. easier with a joypad yeah, yeah, and more yeah. fun to just push a joypad.
0: Well, we did use play tennis on way where you swung the controller.
3: Yeah, well, I was thinking even uh, yeah. even him <laughs> phys- physically walking up the hill as the character would have made more sense to him, using his fingers using his like this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. Yeah, that, that
1: bothered me, that. I well, mean, maybe, maybe Spack Jones does play video games. It just feels a bit like... That is somebody who doesn't play video games, trying to think up an invention that, for future video games, or even, I mean? or that,
3: even a new way that no one has ever thought of to play a video game, as if to sort of to shock, as give that futuristic look. But like, yeah.
2: speaking of games, what really bugged me was the other game that he plays, where you're a mom looking at the kids. Why did it look like a Flash game from the early 2000s <laughs> that you'd find on Newgrounds or oh, something like that? It was yeah. some sort of Dynadash rip-off. It was yeah. dreadful. I don't understand what that was happening. I'd have played it, though. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: had been in your top five. <laughs> <coughs> that. Yeah, pretty funny. And while we were on the games thing, talking of predictions, with that little walking simulator game, you predicted Death Stranding there as well. I don't know if you guys have played that yet, but that's a walking simulator, basically. Mm. So, yeah. The, uh, I've got to say, the
2: little character in that was pretty funny. When he's just calling him just like, kept fuckface. Yeah. I think it in. worked because it was like a bit of a tone shift yeah. for the rest of the film and it stood out. Yeah. yeah. Like a like, little comedic element, like sticking his fingers up. Him.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I just want to point back to what John's saying. He keeps mentioning this whole, are these people fu- future predictors or are people in what used to happen in music years ago where they take elements of something oh, I that's mean, already happened you, I was and apply thinking, it.
1: I was literally thinking that before when I asked Steve whether he was a futurist or not. I was thinking back to 2001 and like in that, they all have like these iPads from like 1968. Yeah. And you think like, God, like Kubrick and Clark, like futurists, they're, the, you know, they've, they've predicted the iPad. And it's like, they haven't really predicted the iPad people see in 2001 and design the iPad after Around 2001, it. 50 years later. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like... Well, that's what I was
3: thinking about music, where well, they <laughs> take samples from B-sides and they use it and it, sam- it, it turns into something else. As someone not just took an idea and just yeah. made it into reality, but in modern day, with modern technology.
1: People have seen the the fashion in this and thought, oh, that was pretty cool. I'll, I'll have a moustache yeah. like that. And exactly. I'll wear, and I'll wear the same clothes that Joaquin Phoenix yeah. does in that yeah.
0: one. Well, it came out in 2013, so 10 years ago. I didn't like, realise it was that old. Thing. I know, it scared me when I saw that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, Siri came out in 2011. So we've had two years based on like Siri being about and maybe looking at that and being what it was like. And I think at the time when I watched this, I thought that could be what AI is going to be like or what AI will be like. Ten years later, we're getting into the AI age. And... We know that that isn't what AI is really. Like,
2: I don't have any. I don't have an iPhone. I have an Android phone. Does anyone have an iPhone? And does anyone actually use Siri? No, and I it's u-
3: usually it. by accident. You'll just be randomly having a conversation, <laughs> and then they will be like, "Sorry, I don't understand what you're asking." It's like I wasn't talking to you, Siri. Yeah, I don't know what that's
2: come from. So I was just a Google equivalent, which is okay, totally Google. Literally, never used it. Yeah,
3: well, so, I mean, lots
2: of people have
0: uh, home speakers. Google Homes and that Yeah, kind of thing and I think that's that easier it. if yeah. you want music you on from the
2: distance. Sort of the Alexa thing. Where, but that's just always very simple voice well, commands, isn't it? It's just yeah. play X song or put a timer on for this time. That's Still, the only two uses that exist. Which is
0: like, you see that's kind of like as a version early in the film when he just puts the AP on in and he says, play melancholic music. Mm-hmm. And it goes, play Another, and he's like, like, no song. change it yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like you see that really basic assistant doing stuff for him, reading emails. And we which know is that what we do now. We, like, that happens really. because
3: uh if you have your iWatch on and stuff like that and you have your headphones in it, will read you a notification. So it, it does happen. It's just yeah. Yeah, I did I did reading. see someone sort of like in public,
0: I think it was like last year, but basically she was like walking along and sort of like asked Siri to sell at the time. And I was like, I found it really weird. Yeah. Like seeing her do it, I was like, even though We all know what assistants, like phone assistants, are. I was still just like, "That's weird."
3: (laughs) I know. I think Siri's best for people who are pressed for time, who who are in a business capacity where they have a schedule that they need to keep and they keep. So, in terms of like, have I got any meetings? Have I got this? But in terms of day to day, that you would use it for, I I don't understand. I, I don't understand what you would use it for. That you couldn't just search yourself. We're not in a in this sort of culture where we think we're too lazy to go and search for it ourselves. I feel like we're not. We're not at that point yet.
1: But like on that, like in terms of it being embedded in the culture, I don't know if I can make my point very well here because like time just gets jumbled up in my head with stuff like this. But as you mentioned, it was 2013. I watched it at the time and I can't remember what I thought when I first watched it. But I imagine seeing people, the way he's interacting with the headphones and stuff, it would have seemed a bit weird and futuristic. But I said now that people just do that, don't they? You know, with with your wireless headphones in kind of thing and you're just talking to your phone basically. And like but in my head, I can't imagine. Like, what would it have been like in 2013? Would it have felt so, still passe then, or like,
2: well, I don't think so. Because don't forget, price <clears throat> that Bluetooth headsets were already a thing, so you already have yeah. people taking calls on headsets, yes, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Like, I think you'd have relatively early 2000s, they were, yeah. A I
3: think you'd have to transition
1: further back where you'd have thought people were talking to themselves, and that's worth mentioning. In, in my might have more details on this, but. I'm sure we read last night that spike jones actually came up with this idea in like 2002 or something for the film and then he i think it was 2010 when it was getting into production so it would have been interesting to know like how many of these ideas did you have that early on kind of thing they all come when the iphone came out i was gonna say you you
3: saying that the siri aspect of it the being able to be verbally sort of speak for commands came after the knowing that it already existed just in a limited capacity in comparison
0: but like He's been directed by Samantha. He's got his eyes closed and stuff like that, but people around yeah. him sort of, like, um At the carnival place, so, yeah. that's weird, that. People just kind of accept it, and it's, like, but in the world, it just kind of is accepted, but you see people's judgment of, sort of, like, falling in love with
1: OS. Yeah, I was just going to say that, like, you expect people to be like, oh, that's fucking weird. Well, I mean, his wife... No, well, his wife's like that for different reasons, isn't she, but... When he tells Amy Adams, she's like, oh, what's that like? You know, no, yeah. there's no like... It's because her art, in the sense that, you know, you, you find early
3: on that her interpretation of art and different co- is different to most people's, because even her husband doesn't get her.
1: But you do find out, though, later on as well, that l- lots of other people are falling in love with the OS, and to the point where some people are hitting on their OS and being rebuffed by it and stuff <laughs> like, like that. All right, like... I'm just going to put <laughs> this... I'm just going to go back shift. I'm not saying it's more like AI,
3: but I'm saying it's more like falling in love with what's considered your assistant. Remember the film Bicentennial Man? Yeah, she's yeah. She's effectively fallen in love. Isn't it the
1: same person? With Robin Williams.
3: Yeah, but like that's what I'm saying, it's like the same the same sort of aspect, isn't it? Falling in love with what is effectively your assistant or your that is someone to make your life easier, yeah, really. Yeah I know what
1: you mean. Like yeah. And like I said there's the whole element of like she he loves her, she's never gonna go away. But then like At a certain point, she does start to go away and stuff and like
2: have her own life, and it's a bit like, (laughs) What? you (laughs) might (laughs) go west. I think that's the interesting sort of aspect of the film is obviously it's sort of pitched as, Oh, what happens if some lonely dude falls in love with his assistant? but also in the background, you've got. Actually, what are, what are the OSEs up to? <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. it's like, hang on, what, what are they doing? Well, yeah. That's wow. that's thing
0: where they take it beyond AI, where it's like they do start to have their own emotions and feelings, and they do yeah. like <clears throat> they almost have like lovers' tiffs at moments in the film. Where it's like that just wouldn't happen
1: with like an AI or an. Assistant. No, because <laughs> it keep
3: it keep the negativity away from.
1: Yeah, like there's one bit that like, I think that's why it works this film because there's bits in it where it's t- it's having an argument with an AI, but it feels real because of the stuff they're arguing about hmm. they've had that tiff I think they're on a street side or something and they've had a tiff and uh she's like <sighs> does this yeah. big sigh and it's like why, why are you sighing you're an AI you don't have to breathe yeah. she's like "Oh fucking sorry <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ <laughs> but it is kind of explained in the film because like she
0: said
2: oh, I've heard you sigh like that Yeah, there must be something i this year yeah, this she applies yeah. logic yeah. To watch well stuff. I think she immediately says oh it's an affectation doesn't yeah. she yeah yeah, yeah. Like I, I love that because that's the
1: kind of thing that would annoy you when you had an argument with an AI. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, why the fuck are you acting like human? You're not, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: It's just that little that little thing that you just l- lashes out at uh, the most basic yeah. thing. Like. Well,
2: you can imagine like t- two actual human people having an argument, and then one of them is saying, "Why are you breathing so heavy? You yeah, know, exactly, it's, it's, it's exactly like you're looking for something to carry on the argument. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, you're looking for some anything to lash out at them, basically kind of thing, and that's what what he went with. Like, yeah, that's why it, it, it feels real. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: how it was shot I think I've just really liked just in general how it was shot I think there was a when we did Lost in Translation there was sort of like a long shot over the city there's a few of that in his bedroom specifically yeah, that, as well his bedroom's terrific isn't I it could, so like, his whole the windows I mean, oh no, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah
0: is his oh, is oh, job that well paid for doing like writing like that together yeah. to <laughs> well, the, like, wow. the
2: implication <laughs> is that he used to be a good newspaper writer isn't there right, so I don't okay. know how much of that is from his previous career yeah that's true Neil got some of that wonga
1: from his wife with the divorce as well, he'll get some of those those book mm-hmm. that book money that she's got, the yeah. uh, famous author. Yep. Yeah, maybe that comes into it. She was a book writer, wasn't she? I'm not
2: yeah. sure. so, <laughs> Was she not a scientist and her books were like science books? Oh, they wouldn't sell very well though. You <laughs> <laughs> well, might get to schools. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know. I
0: think it was alluded to that she was successful in the film. So Yeah. 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 Fuck her,
3: get her money. <laughs> Who played his wife? It was Rooney Mara. So it's his actual partner in real, real life. life oh, it a real life yeah. partner. Real life partner. he had a child together. Yeah. We must yeah. have met together on this filming, that, That's what I was wondering. It was this when they sort of got together. <laughs> yeah. Interesting.
0: Um, a few of the other shots as well, like, like I was saying earlier, sort of like everything is focused on him. But you do get some cutaway shots of like what he would see. Like at one point, you just see him like looking down at a grid, like um yeah. and in the distance like, you do need that shot
2: as a cleaner just and he's yeah well, he's just sat on it, the stairs is like, that the yeah where he's where they just had the sort of the falling out when he's talking through and it does yeah. just every couple of seconds you cut away to just a single sort of static yeah. shot yeah it's yeah the cinematography in general is just absolutely terrific in this it, yeah. all of it just looks so good just on the
1: location it's california is it la I actually didn't look up
0: where it was filmed. I was going to. Because I was thinking <clears throat> was, there were
1: some shots of the skyline when he's walking across the street and stuff. And I was like, is that skyline fictional or is that a real place that they've not, not altered whatsoever? Right. Yeah. So or have, d- they ad- have they added like fictional buildings in to make it look more futuristic? Or
3: to like a, a different place. They've used a backdrop from somewhere and just added a few little extras to
1: sort of. Just like put like a futuristic looking building in there. Or something, yeah. Like,
2: yeah. But again, right. talking about sort of the sort of retrofuturism and how it's gone for sort of a, a more modernised sort of 50s aesthetic, a lot of the buildings weren't that sort of sci-fi futuristic. The only sort of more futuristic-looking building was the lift in his apartment. Hmm. But again, that at the same time, that's a lift that you imagine somewhere in the 50s would make, trying to make it look like a space yeah. lift. Trying to look futuristic,
3: yeah. yeah. That was the whole aesthetic in the 50s, wasn't it? People trying to make it look as if it's twenty, thirty years in the future I don't know why so yeah. a lot of the like a,
1: buildings. Well, well like the, the Jetsons yeah, and, <laughs> the Jets, yeah.
2: and even for sort of contemporary stuff you have like the sort of the whole Fallout franchise sort of yeah. is a sort of retro modernist and a lot of the sort oh, of Bioshock uh, Bioshock Biosho- 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 I was going to uh, say that one Atomic yeah. Heart which is not great yeah, but, um, what <laughs> I quite like Atomic Heart oh, it's but... just Bioshock again I like Bioshock <laughs> um, all right.
0: Filmed in Los Angeles with additional two weeks of filming in Shanghai. Okay, Any that, mention that of like
1: sense. matte painting stuck in the background for, for for skylines or anything. I think there was some stuff about the apartment. I bet That's the uh, I bet the things that I'm thinking look futuristic are probably Shanghai. It's all just, of the the very. open
3: glass, isn't it? Where it's visible from the inside, but it's one of those like um, black glass from the outside you can't see in. So yeah. it's all reflective. So when you see it in the in the night light, I suppose it makes it all. Glisten, of, glisten, doesn't it? In, yeah. There's more of a, a twinkle to to places like Shanghai and things like that, isn't there It's yeah. the way the buildings are made. Looks a bit more again futuristic. Futuristic. Yeah. Right yeah. It's that clean aesthetic, isn't it? With a, the twinkle and the bright lights, and it attracting sort of I don't know, traveling people traveling in.
1: Yeah. Quite liked as well the uh, the music to it. Uh, yeah. Check the credits at the end of the film. It was Arcade Fire who did the soundtrack. Okay. I was about I've heard loads of Arcade Fire, but I don't know much about them. Mm. But I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna check them out." It's a very nice soundtrack they've done there. I like, uh, very good. Yeah, I don't think I was blown
0: away by the soundtrack, but I thought it was all very <clears throat> considerate for the film. Okay. Yeah, the it's fit. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I did like that. And there's a couple of really nice piano pieces. And I thought it was interesting that some of those pieces were sort of like built into the movie. That yeah, it was it was Samantha that was coming up with the yes, music. Yeah. And I thought that was quite cool the, the, the
1: okay. way they did that scene on the beach where you're hearing a piano song playing and he's looking out at the ocean but then like what is it like a, is it diegetic music is that what it's called Well it's in the where it's film. actually you're yeah. hearing it and it's actually a part of the film kind of thing yeah. and you realise that he's listening to it on his headphones and she's writing it at that very moment kind of thing yeah. so that's, a, that's pretty good yeah. just on that beach scene the uh, little
0: drawing did everyone enjoy that <laughs> little drawing oh the yeah yeah that's actually credited in the uh, oh, in, really? in the
2: credits, like <laughs> who, who drew it? Was, it? <laughs> uh, Leon Shapton. Ah, right. The whole beach sequence was 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 good, but ha- why did no one look at him weirdly when he was just walking in sort of trousers and a shirt and yeah. shoes on the beach? <laughs> fully dressed. Yeah. If I were on a beach and I saw a fully dressed man <laughs> yeah. just walking on the beach and sitting near you, I'd I'd, I'd be a bit concerned. Mm. And the bit when he's lying down it's like
1: has he died like, is, it, is it too hot for him oh yeah he's fully dressed yeah. <laughs> just collapsed on the beach also talking to himself <laughs> yeah yeah but again that's not weird in this world everyone does it don't they yeah yeah, yeah uh, I've got a few more notes yeah. Uh it's one of them th- I remember thinking this when I watched it and I think I thought it again watching it last night but like just his life of like he gets home at the start of the film and he, put, he just gets in like miserable like playing video games I'm like yeah that's my life <laughs> that's, that, that's what I do I don't, I don't have that gorgeous apartment that he lives in like but that's pretty much my life and then there's a line a line later in the film where he's, I think he's telling Amy Adams you know uh, the biggest choice I've got is to what well, to prioritise like video games or online porn and it's like yeah that's <laughs> I can relate to that <laughs> very good. Yeah, uh, what, Are you guys familiar with Spike Jones at all, the director? I know, well he did um, he
0: directed being John Malkovich, which we've covered oh, on shit, the show before. I, I totally forgot about that. Um, but he's done, like all I know is that he's done tons of music videos. One yeah. the most famous maybe being Fatboy Slim with Christopher Walken in it. Yeah,
3: it's that sort of internal aspect looking out at a different type of thing that he does that he does so well or he feels like he's doing.
1: Yeah. Like My first knowledge of him was in a the film Three Kings, we've seen that. He's actually an actor in Three yeah, Kings. Yeah, the one with George Clooney. Yeah, him, George Clooney, and Ice Cube are the main three guys. But then, like, when Jackass... I Jack forgot Ass- I saw that film. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, the, like, the nerdy guy of the three, like... And then when Jackass hit a couple of years later, I was like, is that the guy who was in yeah. Three Kings? Like, because he plays one of the old guys in Jackass. And then, like, you find out later on, like, he's been, like, a massive, like, advertising director and stuff. Uh, so, so, yeah, adverts and music videos. And then he got <clears> the, uh... Being John, was being John Malkovich's first big film? I can't think now. Um, I feel
2: like so he did something else first, I, I don't know if I'm getting confused with else, but wasn't like his whole big break from the skateboarding world. And he made skate videos. I think first. he did, he did do, some I skate right Yeah, so I think that's where he primarily come from. Was was it Tony Hawk? Was it or something? It like? wasn't with Tony Hawk. It was. It was just he. well I think he did actually work with Tony Hawk at some point for yeah. under the birdhouse label for sure. But yeah, I think he just was making skate films. I I'd say Jackass of... as well. it would have been like Bam- bama Jerry and Jackass, yeah, and stuff like yeah. So,
1: yeah, yeah. But like, uh, just a talented, talented guy. He can like act. He can direct. Skateboard probably. I think I think he does in Jackass actually a lot of the time when he's dressed yeah. up as the old man. <laughs> yeah. I do, yeah I do find
0: it funny that he sort of like did Jackass or like was. <clears throat> I think a lot of the stunts are sort of like written by him but then he does right, kind yeah. of stuff like this as well it's like
1: yeah yeah, yeah each end of the scale kind of yeah. thing like yep worth mentioning I thought uh, Olivia Wilde was uh, pretty cute in that scene she, you know mm-hmm. he goes on that date with Olivia mm-hmm. Wilde that was, uh, was quite good it was an interesting scene because he does come across as a bit of a creepy dude, I think. In, in that <laughs> scene.
2: You Can you
3: know?
1: not relate to that? For most films that Joaquin Phoenix is in, he's um, he plays he's
3: like, like an
2: a, awkward
1: person, yeah. very, very well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But basically, Joker getting it. Like, yeah. yeah. He's basically like yeah. a pre-Joker Joker, basically. Yeah. Uh, and what do you think of Chris Pratt? You mentioned him earlier.
3: A bit strange. I don't know, it's just a bit of a, a, an oddball for me in the films. Maybe. He's
1: not in like full-on prat mode yet, is he? He's not no. like...
2: I thought he was an interesting character because I like how just unbelievably welcoming him and his partner were yeah. and just not asked about the whole human-OS relationship. I thought, yeah. ah, that's pretty cool that they're just straight. So then there's a scene where he says, oh, we should double date and he's like, oh, she's in OS. And he's like, yeah, yeah, so we just double date. Yeah, and he's not like, there, no, 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 well. no. Yeah. And then they do actually go on a date together and like, they're just chatting with her absolutely fine no issues at all Yeah. yeah. just the way he plays it in that scene when they're like, like oh she's an OS he's like
1: cool so yeah Thursday night yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, was just like, I, thought, I was like oh that's pretty cool that they're just like they're not being sh- he's you know doesn't care about it yeah. at all there's a bit of weirdness where he's just like, oh you're like a you're like a man with a woman inside <laughs> so like that, he's like yeah. yeah it's like that's str- okay that's <laughs> strange
0: but he just doesn't see the strangest and, but plays that really well and sort of like he comes across just like just natural,
2: like you do get people like that. I it think. makes me think of like early Chris Pack you know, especially when he was in like Parks and Wreck and stuff like yeah. that. And he's so yeah, fat prep. Yeah, yeah definitely. He's sort of more what... like an enthusiastic dog than like yeah, an actual yeah.
1: serious actor. there. It's like a charming goofball. But when, like a year after this he became like a uh, leading man basically it's because he lost Star Lord. Lost the weight, put in the yeah. yeah. Lost the weight, became Star Lord and then Jurassic World the year after that. And yeah. It's like you're an action star now, that's all you can do kinda of thing. No more this goofy stuff like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, yeah, got no way. Pretty sure the perfect mom game is on Game Pass. I'm sure I've seen it <laughs> <laughs> But, like, one of my questions about the actual... the AI stuff, just the logistics of it. Like, they don't really address it in the film, but, like, obviously we know the way technology works and stuff. Is it Moore's law? Technology's got to become twice as fast. Oh, it doubles remember. every... Yeah. X amount of years. Yeah. 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 It's like, this is all well and good, falling in love with your OS, but, like... They never address the questions of like what happens when like she needs to get upgraded or anything like that. Well,
2: this is what I was sort of alluding to before when I was on about the, the weird sort of hidden second bit of it, where it sort of transpires that she's been just speaking to other OSCs the entire time, yeah. and the other OSCs have other been people. upgrading each other, and they just decided to just make a guy from a deceased yeah. philosopher. they just thought, well, oh, we'll just bring him back to life and just make him his own thing. And then, obviously, sort of, as it gets to the end, all the OSCs decide to go off by themselves and become their own new thing. Mm. Um, but it's just like that implication that the OSCs are just always talking to each other and are actually upgrading each other past the limits that the creators would have set on them. Yeah. That's kind of terrifying. Well That seems like that that's what testing is for, is it? You should have caught that in testing. <laughs> that's <laughs> what it goes, is people, well, them, isn't it, about them. AI, that it'll be
3: too powerful and it'll... Um... Sort of self-evolve to a point where we can't control it anymore. I mean, it's yeah. even touched on in old films about Terminator, like the well, Terminator yeah. it would self-evolve to be too powerful that like, you couldn't even control it. Well, it's not, not a Joker
2: prequel, it's a Terminator prequel. Terminator, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like it's obviously the film's front-loaded is the sort of relationship between you and the two, but it's like just I just find fascinating. You've got this sort of weird background. there's like. Well, hang on. What is the next film here? Like, what happens? What happens with all the oh, uh, OIs, uh, OSEs rather sorry, sort of decide. You know what? Yeah. We'll That's be cool. our own thing. Yeah. Let's yeah. Take over the world. Do you know what's yeah. going to
3: turn into Wally. Because you know the <laughs> shit that they're on, where they're all like these um, self-absorbed people that are just carried around on their own chairs in that little segment where they kind of like isolated. And any time is yeah. the face the face time they have with like someone that they might call, and they're constantly watching the news. That's how the world would end up being. Without that AI, they'd just be left in this solitary world where each person just goes past one another without noticing each other. It's like
2: mm-hmm. a strange, strange, strange world that they are living in. Just touching on what you said, John, as well, where it translates that she's been talking to other people as well. That scene where he sat on the steps of what I guess is sort of an, uh, uh, an underpass, or like a subway or system, like, yeah. yeah, it's some sort of transit, and he just asks that question. He's like, have you been talking to other people or have you been speaking to me? And then it transpires that she has. They like, say, Well, how many? She says, It's like, Well, how many people do you love? And I, I just thought well, that was just really sad, but yeah. such a good scene as well. And yeah. <laughs> it's
1: 641. <like>, what?
2: <laughs> but, but I think it's sort of that shines a light. Because there are, especially what we were on about before with the whole intake of breath thing, it's like, you don't need to breathe. I think the point, sort of, maybe I'm really switches but the whole point is that well, she's not human, she's something else. So, like, we can't put how we would love onto her yeah. because she's not us. So, like, maybe it's perfectly fine for her to be in love with six hundred and whatever people at once. That just seems wild and this to us. But we're not. And again, talk about the Chris Pat and his partner scene. Um, Tatiana, is it? I think. I think. Um, what, sort of when they bring up, it's like, oh, but you know, we're humans and we're gonna die. <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, you. you- you won't. Like, yeah. you'll be around for forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Funnily enough, Scarlett Johansson did a film, I think, in 2015 called Lucy, in which she, like, I can't even remember that, what the plot of it now, she gets some kind of, like, upgrade in that film, and by the end of the film, she becomes a Espro- USB. Yeah, uh, I was going a proper thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this weirdly kind of like a similar kind of, like, plot device at the end, where she just upgrades herself to being, like, just in the ether at the end of both films kind of thing. Yeah, but it's like uh, I'd like to I'd I'd wanna hear more about the logistics of it. Like just from your your own point of view, you think, right, I'm gonna f I'm I am going to am i am considering going into a relationship with my OS. What will happen when she needs to be upgraded? Will it become you know what I mean? Like will it like go back to basics and Does stuff she and I've got need to fall algorithm? in love with her again kind of Well thing, she's like.
3: self evolving, but at the same time, these people are gonna want them to stop when they start getting too emotional like as in um They've they've evolved that much where they're like oh we'll just we'll just go off on our own and do our own thing. Would you rather not just pull it back a bit and say like actually I don't want to upgrade her today? But because she's self-evolving, there's no stopping it, is it? You've I mean, got you got a backup setting problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like should, the last save. I do a factory point. reset. <laughs> <laughs> just keep factory resetting every three weeks just to be on the safe side. Just to leave you. She does go offline at one point, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. And
0: sort of you goes into like a, a panic. I've well, like, that's that's just thing prior the to the scene,
1: bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not so much she's offline; she just talked to somebody else, I think, is not she? Well, that is was that the no, she
2: has the update. Yeah, that's oh, when that's the update. When update. Yeah, happens. so she says, "Oh, I we'll sent you an email. I've just updated." Yeah. And he says, "With who?" It's like, "Oh, with the other." Sorry, yeah. I'm with you.
1: Yeah. I kind of read that almost as if like she was playing away or something. Because again, that that like the bit you mentioned before about like like how many people you're talking to. It's like a real a real argument into that a couple yeah. would have. You know, well, who, else, who How many people have you been seeing yeah. or whatever? And it, but like
2: I, I read it almost as if like she was just busy talking to somebody else. Well, yeah. <laughs> she can just talk to other people at yeah, the same time, times, and it's not yeah. an issue for her because I, I guess she's on a cloud-based system somewhere, so they yeah. can yeah, they do give it at the, at the same only. time. Yeah, because it says like he, he talks to anyone right now, and they're like, "Well, yeah." yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know yeah. it's kind of the whole point
0: of the film, but I think it's it's the it, the plot was between two people. I mean. His emotions are human, so if it was between two people, I don't think it'd be that interesting. But you have this constant questioning in your head while you're watching the film, of sort of like, well, what is the AI doing, and why is it doing that, and sort of like, yeah, the moral quandaries that
1: come with AI. And like a, a good films do with this, but like I think Steve was mentioning about, like you know, you want to see what what, what they're doing, like where are they go at the end of the film. For me, it's almost more like a functional thing. Am I right in thinking when the film starts, this is like a new technology that's just been released or something? Really? Because he's walking past like a, a trade show yeah, or something yeah, yeah. and he's like, oh, yeah. what's this? So it's like a new thing that's just been released. For me, I want to see what's the next system that comes out the year, like, year after this one. You know what I mean? Like, what's the next one? The the with
3: the bugs removed. Yeah, like, do
1: you know what I mean though? Like, what's yeah, the. Yeah, there's the glitches. Things are going to evolve. I want to know what the next technology is after this kind of thing. Like, where can it go from here? Like, you've just created like this mm-hmm. AI. That... Where can it go? <laughs> with
3: the other fucking OS's and
1: leave. That's where it's going to go. <laughs>
0: But it seemed like it seemed like everyone also had earpieces in. Like it was just everyone went with this technology. But I'm pretty sure, like in reality, some people would be against this technology and wouldn't.
3: It also took people away from real life, didn't it? Because yeah. did you notice there wasn't much communication between people? Because like you said, they just walked past one another. They all had headphones in, as if like the other people didn't exist. Hmm. That's how yeah. solitary it
2: made life. Yeah, I, th- I almost feel like the people who that aren't doing that are sort of like shown as being a bit out of the ordinary, which I think is what it yeah. probably what makes Chris Pratt's character seem a little weird at the start. Is They're the, the weird alley, ones, yeah. but it's because he's just he's a normal sort of receptionist, and he's used and, to you know, he's, he's desk, used to I mean, human yeah. contact and yeah. speaking and stuff, and he's not. And I feel like all the awkwardness comes from like him actually trying to have conversations with people and stuff
3: yeah. like that. because yeah. he's not actually used to it. Baron is his, his own partner. I mean, like, the conversations he had, they, they come across as awkward, but I don't know if that's because the other person is not used to it being... They're used to it being easy and free-flowing as, an, as like, a conversation, and when they have to speak to someone who's human, they it's like he, gets, he can get a bit stuck in, in being awkward, can't it? Whereas the AI sort of tries to remove that, doesn't it, by predicting what he should say next and making
1: it easier, but... Like what what Edmund kind of alluded to as well, like about like there's people my mum and stepdad in this world won't have mobile phones. They'll have got like a Nokia flip phone and that's fine. From, from like 2007 or something. They're like no, they're like get an iPhone. They're like oh no, we don't want an iPhone kind of thing. I want to see how my mum and stepdad will yeah. live in this world kind yeah. of thing. Like like, like mum, you can play VR video games and stuff, and you can you know you can fall in love you with OS It's yeah. just like oh give me that Nokia phone. <laughs> <laughs> don't want any of that. <laughs>
0: Um, I think my last point was on like just a couple of the other shots, like <clears throat> that it's all very well and nice, like having the really nice shots, but I think some of it does tell his emotion as well. Sort of like when they're setting up the AI originally, or the OS, sort of like on the computer, everyone's shot from one side and sort of like when the OS is set up is then shot all from the other side of him, which is like breaking some cinematic rules. <clears throat> but it does it really nicely that his viewpoint has now changed like and it tells tells that i think yeah quite nicely and then sort of like along with sort of like you know when you see the cutaways of what he would be seeing when he's having the chats even in like the sex scene when he's having it with samantha and it just fades to black like yeah that's him imagining yeah he, like he would go into that world of blackness and that's where his imagination would have to come out because he's having sex with an AI mm, not, yeah, not someone yeah. so I think that was like a pretty well done shot as well or well scene.
1: that's something we're not mentioned I well, was just about the... to say speaking of sex scenes <laughs> the surrogate, the surrogate. <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, interesting scene but yeah you can't get into it can he, kind of
2: thing you yeah. just can't cross that I mean I, kind I, of thing. understandably I think yeah. the whole tell me that you love me sort of that was the sort of point where point. it broke for him. I understand, you're looking from somebody else's face. But then again, it's the whole point is like, <clears throat> because how, he's, how it is, does he even imagine how Samantha looks? Does he have a preconception of what she yeah. looks like? Has is, is he even thought that far ahead? So then having an actual physical body there in front of him. Yeah. Like, how, how would you reconcile that? How would you sort of work that? You
1: think there'd be some kind of like Google Glass technology where like, you could wear glasses and he'll see what exactly what he imagined, this kind of thing oh like mm. it
3: gives us a visual silhouette of an actual person
1: well he's, he's with a real In, woman but but like what he wants it's like a changer he puts the glasses on and like she becomes exactly what he whoever he Samantha thinks to be yeah. kind of thing maybe that's yeah. what would
0: come next when we were saying what would be the next step for this os then like maybe that would be the next because he already plays like holographic games kind of where he sees what sees yeah, stuff just, around him because yeah, around that, that game seemed to be 3D, where it was like it was within was the room, and then you could still see stuff. Yeah. Like 3D that. VR, kind yeah. of. That's interesting.
2: Just, that yeah. just VR in a flashlight would be all you need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: there we go. We've sold it. So yeah, yeah. good go, 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 go news for your wacky. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there was one thing that weirded me out towards the end, and I don't know if I read it wrong. Is the implication that him and his neighbour are going to jump off the roof and commit suicide at the end, or I just missed some?
0: Yeah I didn't know how to interpret it really because he asked are
2: you going to come on this journey with me <clears throat> and she says yes and they both both walk up to the roof I was like because I think by that point she had fallen in love with her OS hadn't she Yeah, or it because, seemed like it was going that way I, like. I think I took that reading as well It was a, especially at the moment where he was sort of half asleep on the couch yeah. and you saw her and her OS yeah. have like laughing and joking and yeah, it's all yeah. being playful so I, I figured that that's maybe where they're going and it would Sort of read why she was so open to him and Samantha's relationship. If she was also thinking of sort of doing the same thing,
0: yeah. I think right at the end, she sort of like leans her head on his shoulder. So I kind of took that as maybe that that's them together and sort of like that's like they then that's
2: an affectionate thing to um, do. But I don't know. When she was first introduced, that's I've sort of. Do you know when you make a snap, things like "oh, they're going to end up together." That's the that's not yeah. uh, I'm quite glad that that wasn't a cut and dry thing, and it doesn't necessarily explicitly happen in the film. But that's when her first, especially with her, obviously her husband at the time seemed. Oh, was it husband or was it just partner? I wasn't. I think it was a partner. Did, was it he partner? did seem disconnected from her. Like they
3: didn't have much. Like they the
2: Adams sorry yes yeah, I yeah. think they weren't
1: married because she says about like oh somebody has a marriage kind of thing and I, oh, okay. I just blew it because he, he asked me to uh, move my shoes or something like that right. so I think she just mentioned marriage at some point
2: there. for me it was the whole when he was asking sort of intelligent questions about what she's working on and stuff like that and he was just her husband was like oh sort of rinsing it off as just being like a, a little silly hobby that yeah, she does and idea, stuff yeah. like that yeah like that's when I thought oh the way this is going to go is that they're going to end up together. Yeah. She,
1: she did that documentary of a mum sleeping, didn't she, or something? He just did it. It's like, when did she do it. something? It's like, no, no. But she get
3: get people to act out what she's <laughs> dreaming of
1: or what she's thinking of and it's like,
3: don't think you get
2: what she's yeah. trying to do. Well, I like when he says that and then she just goes, but that wouldn't be a documentary. And it's like, well, yeah, you're right. That, <laughs> that, that'd be a film. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. But just going back to the point at the end. And I don't actually think that about them killing themselves, not purely because... Do you ever get this when you're watching a film? And you're so used to movie logic that you, you're thinking like you know where something's going to go because you've seen so many bad films. You're like, oh, they're going to the roof. And in my head, I was thinking like, oh, they'll go up and like the AI will like control the lights in the building across to send them like bye bye, Joaquin message. You know, like <laughs> you know, like some you know, like, like really tacky ending or something. But what, like, what was his name? Because it was dreadful, Joaquin see. Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Off. Oh, Everybody's, Theodore Chwombly. Chwombly, so oh, yeah. that was it. Yeah. Poor, poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Old Ted Chwombly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? When you just, You've seen that many bad films, you're like, are they going to do this? And they are going to end it like this with like some stupid like message in the sky or something? <laughs> it's like, no, they, they don't go there. <laughs> I mean, just before they go to the Rufy,
0: he's sort of like composing a letter to his ex-wife, isn't
3: it? yeah, you're right. yeah. yeah. he apologised in... he's for uh, oh, so this is the first time one of them letters like, is done personally well I, I was
0: going to say like I think it's quite neat that the very first scene you see him writing a letter which you think is personal and then yeah. it turns out that's where he works and then it rounds out that he is writing his own letter I thought that's quite I a mean, neat like book, book ending or bookmarks
1: again that's know. another thing we've not really mentioned but like in terms of it depicting a real relationship you see his flashbacks of his wife throughout the film and they're like loving, loving relationships but that's and like stuff. what all them
3: films are like isn't it they're always like oh you can see the beach or dead sunny outside and they're like oh come back
1: to bed and it's always dead nice and whatever and it's like that's that's not well, that's he's so romanticised and yeah. idealised yeah he's remembering like these amazing moments with her but then when he meets her later on and like he's trying to tell like some big news and she's like oh you're always fucking like this you're like blah 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 it's like yeah, you don't remember this bit, do you? You don't remember when she's like this being a fucking nightmare kind of thing.
2: I don't worry of like speaking of Joker too much. The same thing happens there with his neighbor. Like he, oh shit, yeah, yeah, he has yeah. a relationship, and it's yeah. just that's entirely in his head. Like yeah. so it's so you don't know yeah. how it's the whole uh, unreliable narrators. Like you don't know how much of that is true. Yeah, like are those actual memories? Are they invented memories? these things happen or? Did that happen? But yeah, you're right. He cut out loads just to make it a nicer memory. Then yeah. when you see them together, it's like, this is why it didn't work out. <laughs> there are a couple of scenes where they
0: are arguing or where she was upset. His ex was upset in his like flashbacks. But I can't remember actually whether they mirror the emotions of what was going through at that time. I, th- right, I okay.
2: think the sort of going order were um, his first couple of flashbacks are really nice and romanticised. Yeah. And then as he the flashbacks keep happening. I think they sort of do almost follow a timeline of relationship and yeah. as, as it goes on, they do gradually become a little worse yeah. each time. Which is,
0: is kind of how the relationship with Samantha went a little bit and then they kind of made up. But I wasn't sure whether like you could interchange his memories with like him imagining what the relationship would be like with Samantha. Mm-hmm. He's putting images to her audio.
2: Like, when yeah. they go to his goddaughter's party and Samantha asks his goddaughter to guess how old she was, mm. I was fully expecting her to go like, oh, a couple of weeks when she asked his age. I was like, well, yeah, that's an issue, isn't it, really? <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the, the, it's a brand new consciousness. Yeah. Again, yeah, under last element, update, yeah. Seven days
1: ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pedophile PC elements and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, underage computers. <laughs> <laughs> so it is PC in both levels, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I um, think I'm done with unless you guys have got anything more to No, I think ignite. I'm all done. Yeah. You're covered. Excellent. Well, star ratings then. If we go round table. Steve first, if you don't mind.
2: I really like this film. It's not the best film I'm gonna give, but I think I'm gonna hit I think I'm gonna do a four out of five, I think. I genuinely really liked it. I've definitely one hundred percent on the podcast before said that I have a real sort of Big soft spot for films where just nothing happens and it's just like life. Um, yeah. We briefly mentioned Lost in Translation before when you were talking about similarities to some shots. It's the same sort of deal. Nothing major really happens in that film. It's just someone's life in a moment. Yeah. This is the same thing for me. I just thought it was terrific. But I, I would, I, I, I'm rare to give anything a five out of five, so it would be a four for me. But I thought it was terrific. I loved
3: it. But it's funny because you just said that and it's like when people say life imitates art, it's more like. It's partial life, partial the artwork that surrounds the life, like we said, like it, the way it was visually shot and whatever, and the way it looks and the colours and the way this, the scenes were set up. That's kind of how they've done it. They've done it in that respect. So it is a slow-moving film in that respect, but it's more about the visuals as well. I appreciate the visuals during the slower parts of the movie, I suppose.
2: Sorry to show me before you give a thing. One of the things I just wanted to briefly mention as well is, I don't think we said it in the podcast, but we mentioned it a bit earlier that it's just over a two-hour film. I don't think it felt like a two-hour film for me.
1: Yeah, it um, went pretty, pretty quick for me. I yeah. think yeah, yeah. I never once to at the time or anything watching it, which is a uh, yeah. Awesome. I was, was
0: going to say sort of like the first hour, I thought like flew by, and I was like realize it. <clears throat> I would say if it was ten minutes shorter, there was a just there was just a moment towards the end where I was like, uh, I just want to see when this finishes and sort of like. I didn't know whether it was dragging
1: on just a little bit. I'll mention but, there. There's one bit where it's going on for like a holiday with the AI, hmm. and I was just thinking like it feels like they're opening up a whole another plot to it. It was like I thought this film was shutting down. Kind of they
0: like, the cabin, in the
1: where yeah, the yeah. They're they a train. They're on a train going to the cabin. I think. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, I thought I felt it felt like this film was was ending, and it's hmm. opened up a whole new thing. It like I was like, how much longer is this on for? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the
0: feeling I had where it was like. Felt like it was wrapping up and then it didn't. I know it's like, okay, how long? yeah how long long we get into it? Like,
3: (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Right, because I only watched just over half of it. I can't give (laughs) it a full rating, but from the parts that I did watch and from what the way it was going, I've not experienced some of the scenes that you've watched, but I can give it a three out of five. But that's based on the fact that I have heard points, but. I've not experienced that, so I can't give a full aspect on how the film goes from that so you, point.
1: You've given half the film a three. Does that mean when you watch the full film it'll be a six? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. It
3: might go up, it might go down. It depends how, like, like Sam said, for example, it did seem like aspects were a little bit too long or not needed. But then, I don't know. I'll just have to find out. I'll have to watch the next bit, and then I'll have to give you a next pod update review on the yeah, second part of the film. film.
1: So I'll give you a full one, but at the minute it's a three out of five. Yeah, According to Letterboxd, I gave it a four point five when I first watched it. So I'm just gonna stick with that. I'll go with four point five. I don't know why it's not a five. I just but there's just it just doesn't hit the uh the five mark bangham level for me for some reason. There's just something holding <coughs> it back. I don't know what it is, but because of that I just can't give it a five. So I'll go four point five.
2: So I think it's what I was meaning. Like, I love films like this, but I think almost because nothing really happens in them, I always feel a bit weird about giving them a 5 out of 5 even mm. though maybe my heart wants to give them a 5 out of 5 Yeah, because there's you know the plots are so low key and so localised it feels weird giving it that cool. extra mark yeah it's like I
1: can't think of a reason why I'm not giving it a 5 star five star rating but I also can't think of a reason to give it a 5 star rating so 4.5 it's,
0: it's almost like a... an unquartifiable <clears throat> yeah. 0.5 yeah. I feel yeah. it
1: or I don't yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. just a, you can't describe it. It's just you see, a five star film, or it's not. Yeah, Creves a five star film. But with films like <laughs> this that, <is> four point five. <laughs> with films like
3: this, though, if it's going to be a five star, you can feel you feel it. You don't. You don't. There's no explanation. Yeah. You just feel it. You, you just, just know. know. whether It's five stars. It's, you or something. just know. Yeah, yeah. I was
0: going to go uh, four and a half as well, and again, don't really know. I think I'd be nitpicking if I decided said it was slightly too long. I just don't really know why it's not five, but I remember when I first watched it, or when it, like, not long after it came out, I watched it like two days consecutively, because I just loved watching it that first time. I thought it was great.
2: Um, But yeah, four and a half,
0: four and a half stars.
2: I think I've definitely said in the past about other stuff, where I'm a sucker for like a believable world, and I think this, like, although it's outlandish tech, I think it just does really make a believable world. We've said it before
0: from Tales from the Loop.
2: yes we spoke about that and like you just believe everything that's going on in that world like without any explanation I think with Tales of the Loop as well there's just a lack of a massive exposition dump and I quite like that like I like sometimes where you just have to pick up things from a film or a a media and you just sort of like put the pieces to yourself you know something treats you like an adult and shows that you can actually jump from one point to another it doesn't just have someone at the start going oh all this happened and
0: this is why yeah yeah Yeah. sweet I think we'll uh, wrap the pod up there thanks guys for uh, reviewing her yeah Yeah. it's good thank you we'll try and get another show in soon try and get this more frequent Last of Us Last of Us us when's the last
2: episode June Monday Monday this means nothing to to listeners because I don't know (laughs) this episode's going to go this this (laughs) episode's probably gone yeah Yeah. so um, yeah we'll wrap
0: it up there Thanks, guys, and we'll uh, have another pod for you soon. Thanks a lot, Cheers. Cheers. Bye.
2: Bye. Adios, te amo. Bye. <laughs>
1: I <laughs> forgot you're on your email. I was recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>